Welcome to Destiny Massive Breakdowns, episode 298. I'm Ill Physics, and we're here with another deep dive into Destiny 2. This week, Lego is out under the weather, so taking a little bit of time, um, you know, please, self-care, self-care, it's important, people. So I'm taking the reins, uh, but we have a very special guest and one of Destiny PvP community's most prominent creators to fill in. Uh, but first, we'd like to uh, thank our newest sponsor, uh, I'm K Rose, for their generous support. We'd also want to say thanks to our ongoing sponsor, Guardians, who give on a massive level every month. A Modern Viking, Bryceroni, Moonlight, Deacon, This Moment, Shazzle, and Askian Monk. Remember, if you'd like to support the show, please visit DestinyMassiveBreakdowns.com and click on the link to Patreon. You'll get access to members-only channel in the Discord, behind-the-scenes info, and input on the future of the show, plus access to our legendary annual merch drop. As a reminder, you can also earn a short shout out by leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Ratings are great, but the reviews really help us to spread the word and get more ears tuned in every week. Keep in mind as well that if you want to give general feedback regarding the show, particularly constructive feedback on how to continue to improve upon what we do, we have a ton, a ton of outlets outside of the reviews, such as the Destiny Massive Breakdowns Discord or our personal socials like Twitter. We take all of it to heart because we always want to give you all the best show possible every week. Finally, thanks to the Destiny Massive Breakdowns editors, Nettie Smith and Autodidactos for their hard work on this show and Podcast versus Enemies, the Destiny PvE show that explains it all. If you think we sound great, know that it's because of them. All right. <sighs> Without further ado, man, please let me introduce... A cone man who likely needs no introduction at all, really, here. But, of course, we're ecstatic to have him here. Drewski, yo, welcome, man. How you doing, brother? What's up? It's uh, it's good to be here. I, I love this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, that, okay. Yeah, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, this man, this podcast goes way back. This is this has got some crazy roots, and to see it, it keep going on with yourself, and I think it's a, it's, it's a true part of Destiny history, so I love this podcast. That means a lot. That means a lot for sure, and, of course... You know, Mercules, Kutch, uh, Lego, of course, as well. Um, kind of just, uh, you know, blessed in that history to kind of like know all these guys and to, I mean, for me, myself, I just feel very grateful to be here and to, uh, you know, I take it seriously. I take it seriously, the responsibility to continue to give these massive breakdowns, of course, and to relay uh, great information, you know, on PvP and Destiny in general, you know, in a way that gives uh, folks kind of like an, an enhanced understanding of, uh, you know, an activity that we engage in, you know, usually every week for all of us nerds, right? So, cool. Uh, man, yo, uh, let's start out. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and Destiny, uh, PvP, and the wider creator uh, community for folks that maybe don't uh, don't know your footprint. Yeah, um, so I'm mainly a, a Destiny 2 PvP player. A lot of people, <laughs> there's this whole like a cone meme that happened, you know, where you know talk <laughs> about cones, and that's because of some really, really nerdy talk and discoveries that, yeah, like even again have like roots in like this kind of a podcast here. Um, just talking about the nitty gritty and like um, the deep specifics and optimizations and theory crafting or build crafting 
um, in Destiny 2 and how that applies to PvP. And the more I feel like um, w what I've enjoyed most about Destiny 2 PvP and, and, and being, I, I guess, a content creator or what sparked that for me was really learning more and just like the more I can learn about the game, the better that I can enjoy it the better I can understand it and under, like help my play. And for content mm, creation, mm. I originally started content creation because they say the best way to learn is is to teach. So it was actually just 100%. like I wanted to retain information. <laughs> I really just wanted to... Re I'm really bad at retaining information. Um, but in this way, this was a vehicle that allowed me to like both retain information a little bit better for myself while sharing ideas and, and, and you know, just having those, you know, hearing other people's ideas and bouncing them back and forth and that's uh, kept me really engaged with the game for a really, really long time. <laughs> I mean, you're an OG, man. You're an OG for sure. And, you know, I definitely want to double down on that, uh, you know, something that I've, you know, realized. I mean, it's not as if I didn't recognize this before, but in this space, uh, doing the podcast, streaming, you know, uh, full time, you know, you realize by making those explanations, by relaying that information to your communities, that not only do you retain the information better, maybe apply the information better, but man, every time I get into these conversations with you, with Lego, with Cami, um, because after we finished up recording for Fire Range, me and Cami just sat in the call for like the next 15 minutes just talking about I think it's like zone control. I was just like, yo, Drew, Drew, because I'll, yeah, I'll mention something. I got to say, of course, mm -hmm. definitely appreciate you hanging out in uh, labs a lot lately. My community has been loving that, Drew. Seriously, it's it's for yeah. folks that don't know, my uh, labs is my community's branded scrims. And so um, definitely really looking forward to getting your input on the changes to our community design rule set with big changes coming over the next two seasons. But I'm telling you, Drew. <laughs> My every time I talk to a man, somebody's just like, "Yo, is Drew coming through?" Hey, yo, is Drew coming through? <laughs> I'm always down, man. It's been such a source of joy for me. Seriously, it's it's been like you know, not to go off on a tangent here, but it's been a, it's been really refreshing to have a place that is both like welcoming. I I really appre appreciate your presence and you know the way that you're very welcoming and and it fostered a community that that feels that way and is always inclusive. But I, and, and it doesn't mean. Like I feel like there's like sometimes uh, almost like a weird stigma. That doesn't mean that there aren't aren't like some really high level players. Some of those some of the best in the game play there too. I get to play in a style that you know is like a good compromise to what I want. They get to mm. play a style that you know. I feel like there's a compromise that everyone gets to play a good you know portion of what they of, of how they play in their identity. Um, and everyone's just like super cool about it and like it's great. It's just it's just been it it feels like it's brought a little bit more of a a meaningful center. Uh, to someone in PvP, where like unfortunately, I've I've struggled to find a, a place where I can really be meaningful about my play. So yeah, yeah, intentional, and for that intentionality to be rewarded, you know, in that gameplay loop for sure. And that's you know the reason, one of the reasons that I created it um, in the fashion that I did. It's you know central to how I enjoy the game, especially when I'm taking a break from pubs, which is you know, fairly frequent over the last year, but man, it's, it's kept seriously like labs, our community scrims have kept me 
in content creation for Destiny 2, it's kept me um, engaged and playing the game for me as an improvement focused player and for my, you know, for many of my community as well. So definitely um, enjoy your presence there. Uh, and just to cap off what I was saying about, you know, relaying information and teaching, what I love about it also is kind of just like mixing it up and through those discussions with people, again, like you, like Lego, like Cami, uh, whoever, you know, nerds out over this stuff. Uh, it, it ends up kind of just like blossoming new lines of thought and perspective, you know, like so much oh, of the yeah. stuff that we yep. talk about on this podcast um, is stuff we just come up with in the moment. You know, I'm just like, oh, man. And I'll talk about it a little bit later. The, the, the secondary, the tertiary connections that you end up making because we have so much experience. We have such a breadth of experience over the years playing the game with intention, playing PvP with intention to the degree that we're thinking about mechanics and counter mechanics. We're thinking about offense. We're thinking about defense. We're thinking about every every small element of our gameplay to try to just tweak it just a little bit. You know, just a little bit. That's yep. that's how yep. that's how I don't want to get into this because I've gotten into this. But that's how that counterbalance mod on shotguns. I'm gonna leave it at that, people. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that ended up coming up because I'm just like, man, is there anything I can do, please, for the love of God? I just need my shotgun to kill consistently when I'm at that consistent, uh, you know, when I'm at that engagement range. And so, uh, yeah, just to tweak our gameplay in the, the the tiniest ways to get that small bit of an advantage over our opponent, or at the very least to just, you know, get that small bit of improvement out of our gameplay loop. So, uh, so definitely, um, you know, appreciate those discussions. And both you and Cammy are people I appreciate in, in particular hearing truly unique perspectives on different elements of PvP. And I feel like although we all have our own like subjective preferences on what we'd like to see from pvp going forward you both take a very holistic approach to the discussions you know because we all have a, such a, a breath like i said of playtime you know that improvement focused experience when discussing hot topics you know you both inspired me at least uh to also widen my field of view to other places in the sandbox again for that second and third degree those second and third degree connections where i can kind of illuminate those for others due to those years of ruminating over like i said the offense the defense the mechanics and the counter mechanics in our gameplay so you know we're all very intentional in our play styles whatever those play styles may be um they're different for all three of us um to a degree you know, and we, I, th I feel like we enjoy those games within the game, right? Oh, yeah. I, lo I love that. I, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, Lego, Lego coined that term personally for me. I mean, I know it's not a, a fresh term or anything like that, but I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, because he's a big, he's a big uh, radar manipulation nerd as well. So, um, yeah, right. yeah. Cool. All right, Drew. So uh, uh, just to give everybody expectations for this episode, uh, there are no weapons, no weapons. This is going to be a little bit of a switch up. Bless again to Lego as he's recovering from, uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's allergy stuff or a cold stuff, but he was, he was, he was pretty down. <laughs> he was pretty down earlier in the week. He had me up today, said he's feeling a lot better. So bless to him, of course. Uh, but no, no weapons this week, but we got questions for Drew and I thought you guys would enjoy that. Um, and so we can get right around to it. We'll start it off light on the first one, but uh, the warm up's going to come quick for the next one. So <laughs> get ready for that. Okay, okay. Uh, 
All right. So some of these questions we ended up fielding from uh, the wider community on Twitter. I'll mention um, those shout outs or I'll give those shout outs when we come to that. But other questions I kind of just provided specifically because, you know, it's true. It's true. So we got to we got to ask some Drew specific questions. So the first one is um, what was one change mentioned on the DCP firing range podcast last night with guest weapons team member Mercules, um, who now works at Bungie, of course, and abilities team member Eric Smith. Uh, what was one change mentioned uh, for next season where you were the most excited about? And did any change mentioned throw up any red flags for you? Hmm. Um, I think that there were a lot of good, a lot of good changes and really like promising changes. I kind of felt like I was like my criticisms were being like dismantled one by one, which is like, I mean that in like a really good way because like I'm like man yeah, when I got yeah. nothing to, uh, nothing else to say I'm like dude that's awesome like that that's great so yeah. there was a lot of good changes the one that sticks out in my head as like I might I might use this for both like you know um one that's like both a red flag and probably I'm most excited for is going to be the zoom changes. And okay. I'm most excited about that because I think that's been a problem in Destiny for like a really long time. Like where weapon ranges just don't feel very well defined. Like you you know generally what they are, but there's usually weapons over the generations of Destiny, even just Destiny 2 at this point, where there are some of them that just ex- like they push out past their band, right? And they often become the most used ones and they bleed into other weapons usage and then as a result they kind of step mm. on other weapons and it, it's really confusing sometimes I, I find like in some fights like you know asking yourself like you know was I out of like was I in my optimal range was was I not at long enough range or short enough range whatever whatever it is um, so I think that that making those weapon ranges very clear is good there's a lot of minute things they mentioned in that too um with how they're going to be handling the uh mid-range and that's like autos pulses hand cannons and the rifle class and how that's like there's a bunch of like you have to listen to it there's there's a bunch of things within there that like for the sake of time i'm not going to go into but i'm very happy about the Hmm. change and it seems very promising it also addresses rangefinder as like pretty much like a, a pretty big outlier and I think that there's still going to be some good benefit to Zoom because, as they mentioned, as Merck mentioned, Merck said that like higher Zoom mean, meant less recoil, better accuracy, and further out aim assist. The aim assist is kind of like a double-edged sword because closer up, it's like technically a smaller aim assist cone, and further out, mm. it's like, but it's it's essentially pushing it out, right? Like you're pushing it out a bit. But anyways, there's still plenty of benefit. So again, I I think that the zoom normalization or like them decoupling the damage from that equation is going to be overall like pretty healthy for the games like ranges. And I, I, yeah, I I think that they have a lot of space, especially going into this to kind of play with the weapons and how they balance them out. And they already talked about mid range. If you want to hear the specifics of that, Um, the red flag uh, throws up for me is I wonder to myself if, if autos pulses and hand cannons are all considered mid-range and they give an example like an aggressive range finder uh hand cannon well sorry yeah aggressive so the 120s uh with range finder will be able to get up to somewhere around 40 meters and let's say like impulses will get up to 40 meters and um i think autos will be able to do somewhere around the same i don't know what the specifics on the archetype or whatever is for that in that case what stops me from choosing a hand cannon every time um i know there's a lot more levers to that 
like there's a lot more factors like you know some pulses just kill faster and they mentioned some things like you know past that damage drop past the optimal range the rifle class weapons like let's say pulses or autos are going to maintain their damage drop off better and and there's different levers past the optimal range that's going to separate them but again for argument's sake if i had to give a criticism because honestly a lot of the changes in the podcast seem pretty good um i would say that i trust them for the tuning on this but i hope that it does feel different enough between weapons that would be my thing gotcha 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 do uh, did they mention any kind of additional le- uh, levers um, that they could tune on different archetypes, for example, or even subfamilies that maybe we haven't heard of before? I'm not sure. I think they have. I, I'm not exactly sure. I do know, mention, or, um, I think I'm nearly positive Merck mentioned that the aggressive hand cannons will have different tuning than non-aggressive hand cannons. So that example of like Interesting. a 40 meter rangefinder or like a rangefinder aggressive hand cannon is probably like the highest potential for it like a max range rangefinder aggressive hand cannon so i mm. i do have good faith that there is going to be enough separation i i guess like it was hard i don't know for me i felt there was a lot of good changes i thought on that podcast that it was hard for me to criticize so if i had to choose one criticism that would be it okay and yeah just to reiterate i think um hopefully i'm not oversimplifying this but the change that they're making to zoom for folks that aren't familiar with it um and to rangefinder is they're basically decoupling uh the additional range that you get from zoom and from rangefinder on these different archetypes and subfamilies and they're they're normalizing the zoom across subfamilies and archetypes or maybe maybe just archetypes so all smgs may end up having like the same zoom maybe Uh, i'm not sure maybe drew knows a little bit more about that but basically decoupling uh the effects of range on zoom um and just removing the effect of increased range on rangefinder and keeping the other benefits to rangefinder is that is that about right yeah basically that's pretty much it is like removing the damage part of the equation from the zoom Cool. Yeah. I mean, you said it exactly right uh, that it just said it, of course, and Chris Proctor has said it, the the head on the weapons team, that it's become just so complicated, you know, with all these new perks, uh, you know, and stuff gets buffed or stuff gets nerfed and it ends up destroying a certain weapon or destroying a certain subfamily of weapon. And then, you know, some just end up becoming wildly out of band, right? Just you, you, you can't control it. It's kind of like exponential um, simply because that unique zoom on that weapon and then the perks that end up getting, uh, you know, created or, you know, refined or reworked um, that just so happens to come on that weapon, right? So yep. I can imagine that it's a, it's become a bit of a nightmare, especially as we've gotten so many new perks, um, impactful perks on these weapons, so much new synergy as well. Let's, let's not forget that since Witch Queen, we've gotten so much, I've talked about this quite a bit, so much synergy between um, different perks in that those final two columns, right? I feel like they've really doubled down on, you know, something like hip fire grip with offhand strike. Right. Or really double down on the classic concept of a synergy between an outlaw and a kill clip. You know, we have so many different perks that do that synergy and it ends up being a greater sum than the individual parts. Right. And it's really cool. It's really cool. But what that does is it continues to kind of (laughs) throw certain weapons out of band 
you know, because of that Zoom. So uh, I know that they're really, you know, looking forward to a more simple vision uh, with regards to weapon tuning once uh, things are normalized a little bit. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that the the Zoom stuff is, again, it's, a, it's especially good. Like Merck really, I think, phrased it really well is that weapons that would be able to get higher Zoom pushed into other ranges or like outside their range and capability and potentially bled into other weapons while now invalidating nearly every other weapon that couldn't do that in its class. And we've mm, seen that so mm. much like with the SMGs, uh, you know, the BXR 55 Battler is my favorite gun in the game, but, you know, it, it was given a, originally a 20 zoom to match that of the original, like, I you know, the Halo games that it references. And it's just unfortunate, mm-hmm. even though it's like, you know, in my opinion, like 450 pulses like aren't, you know, definitely, I don't think the greatest, probably the worst pulse archetype, but it's still because of that, like made it perform like so, you know what I mean, out of band in, it, if, in its potential. Mm. We've seen like you know even some uh, some some rare cases with hand cannons as well. It's just like any, weapons that have that capability. It's just again, like Merck said, they they bleed into other ranges while invalidating the other ones that can do it. So it's def- yeah, I'm I'm happy they're fixing that. Yeah, and just just to kind of for completeness, folks, you know, I've been playing against Drewski a lot in in our community scrims, and I, I gotta say, I, I you say that four fifties, especially after uh, the uh, what was it like a zoom nerf yep. to the battler, yep. you know, you, you say that there's nothing to write home about, but man, I it's 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 real tough to outgun you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, we'll, I'm in range, we'll get man. Into it later, but there's like an odd, there's an odd reason why I enjoy using that archetype, but. All right. Well, we'll keep it moving. We'll keep it moving. Yeah. Question. Um, speaking again of the games within the game, right? We all know you're a big fan, of course, of radar manipulation on Hunter's Night Stalker class. The new Strand Hunter artifact uh, coming next season, Threaded Spectre, you know, we're going to get a Strand decoy, right? A Strand decoy, among other things, that drops by activating your class ability and also pings the radar. Stevie Danger from Twitter asks what you think of this new radar manipulation mechanic. Will it be enough to finally allow you to commit to Strand Hunter, which, you know, we saw you on quite a bit when it released in a more competitive setting? Yeah, I'm like, man, I'm like over the moon excited for this because I've I've said a lot that That means we should all be scared. I just want to go and say, everybody, we should all be scared. Please Uh, continue. I'm I'm so excited, man, (laughs) because like it's not even just like radar ping. It's like they... They give it the full thing. It gives like red reticle, which is like on on. Uh, I don't know if it does it on MNK, but I know on console, like it's if you play the old Halo games, when you drag your uh, reticle over a target, and you're basically your cr- your crosshairs turn red to tell you that you have the aim assist cone over them. Like not necessarily the accuracy cone, but mm. it tells you when your aim assist cone is over them, and like that's like a an amazing amount of in- uh, information that it gives you. But it gives that out. It gives a name plate out, and it pings the radar like. So it's like they they kind of give it the full traits of like looking like an actual person, which I'm really excited oh, for. No. It's, it's so funny. Um, so I I think that this is going to be really fun to play around with, um, and I think it is definitely going to be enough to allow me to commit to Strand Hunter in a more competitive setting. I think that what I was playing it a lot on launch, and like what really took the wind out of. I guess my sales on it was like that super change because I think the super is the weakest part of the kit, which is unfortunate because supers and destiny, they're real important, man. Like the super clock in general puts a lot of pressure on your opponents to tell them, hey, you got to win the game or like you got to convert on the game or else we're going to come back 
or it it's like yep yep like you like it forces them to play differently when when that like that clock exists and yep. not having a super that demands like i mean sure it gives a, a bit of pressure but like yeah that that super is like really really weak right now and when it got changed for pve to like they changed the damage model look i don't i don't know if this was intentional or not but in pvp what made me hold on and be like okay i can learn this is that if you mm. sweet spot did the like little critical hit thing at the end of the whip if you sweet spot hit another super it didn't matter what super it was in the game it died in one light hit and i was like man like th- oh, wow. this seems like some crazy glass cannon stuff like i remember just like cracking the whip at a dawn blade <laughs> midair and they just died and i was like dude this is crazy <laughs> so it was like you're a glass cannon a bit but when that got changed for pve it also made it not able to do that in pvp which i was like oh no mm. like Oh, it's so. So what you're uh, saying, what you're saying is that those PVE folks ended up. It, it was a, it was a Uno reverse. Yeah, PVE folks who taught us on the exactly. We were on that end this time. Don't y'all PVE put people. Don't ever say we ain't do nothing for you. All right, we don't even say we ain't do nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. Hmm, I'm hoping this ability though will like I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, another stab at the super really try and to really try and make the best I can out of it. But yeah, th- this this ability's got me really excited because right now, the more I played Night Stalker with Invis and the Smoke Nade and stuff like that, the more I realize I like I don't even think I need Invis so long as I have the Smoke Nade. I'm very confident in what I can do to an opponent. So now, like, and mm. that kind of an aspect, I, I've been so bound to, like, Night Stalker forever now, because that just doesn't exist on another class in the game. Like, that kind of, yeah. like, play or what you can do to, like, kind of, like, make your opponents second-guess that, themselves, that just doesn't exist on any other class, but now now it will. Like, even if it, even if the decoy does look completely fake, it's like, there's time, the thing that I think of, like, in my head is, like, dude, what if I put it, like, so, like, just a leg was, like sticking out of a wall or something or like you know like an arm or something you know what i mean and like they see the radar ping like i'm not gonna show them that it's a decoy but like or i can like you know something me and cam like to do is that we like to put down barricades or whatever and like just leave my smoke bomb on it to make them think that we're playing the barricade and it's like there's little funny things you can do like that that like make people like really question like the it allows us to meta game in a way where like we know the general flow of combat and like what happens like you know when you see a titan behind a barricade someone playing a rift yeah, or, like where yeah. people expect you to be and we get to do some really goofy things that make people like double like second guess that um so i'm yeah. hoping that this is going to allow that same thing and now i'm gonna have to give the mantle to you know when when me and cam play together we refuse to not take an invis class with us so i'm like all right cam well <laughs> you take the invis class now because i'm moving on Moving on to bigger and better things. So we'll the see. evolution, the evolution. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. That, that just reminded me of like old cartoons, like like Tom and Jerry cartoons or like Bugs Bunny cartoons, where you just see like you know uh, Bugs Bunny dressed up in a dress like a woman and pull up the, the the skirt on his leg and like shake it around a like a corner or something like that to bait. Uh, whoever he's uh, Elmore Fudd or somebody <laughs> like that around a corner that's what it reminds me of with this decoy that's hilarious yeah, that's hilarious it's, it's really it's really really funny I mean like I remember like there's a few people that have been like you know I don't think that I'm just not seeing the value in PvP like are people really gonna fall for that and I'm just like man y'all a couple of years ago y'all told me that no invis and that smoke <laughs> nade's never gonna work on a good player I might not be the best player but 
you know, mm. there's a few good players that I think I fooled, uh, you know, yeah. quite a few times now. So, you know, yep. and, the, ex- the example that I always give right here, the example that I always give is, I don't know if you, I've seen, I put quite a few clips on Twitter uh, where I bait Titans through barricades, right? You just do that simple bait. You jump forward on a hunter and then you just use strafe, strafe jump, your power jump to jump back and then just shotgun. They slide through, you shotgun, you go about your day, you know, um, very straightforward, simple bait, nothing new, you know, but a lot of people don't do it. And then there's always like two or three like longtime players that are just like, that'll never bait me. That'll never bait me. You know what I'm saying? You're just doing this against noobs. Yeah, man. Game moves fast in the moment, man. Exactly. Game moves exactly. Fast in the exactly. Exactly. And your impulse is to take that. Say, for example, you're weak and there's a hunter on the other side of that barricade and they jump forward. You're just going to instinctively slide through most times. It has in the last, I don't know. I've been focusing on it, you know, to try to get some statistics in my head ever since those comments started dropping. And since the beginning of the year, there has been one Titan, one Titan ever who has not taken the bait. Every other single Titan has taken it. And that's not to diminish the skill. I'm not saying this to, you know, diminish the skill of players on the side. It happens to me, too. And not with that bait. I don't fall for that one. <laughs> but like when you talk about that smoke, I remember a very, very particular game um, of trials on Endless Veil that it was a 4-4 and I lost it because a Night Stalker baited me with smoke at Vex Gate and I was through. It slowed me. I couldn't see anything. And it was just at the right moment. They popped out and knocked me out. And I watched the Guardian Theater afterwards. And they were just they were just talking massive shit. But hey, they got that dub. And it was a really good bait. And one of the more experienced players just in this game, just because I don't touch grass for the last like several years, it just automatically makes me. And yet I fell for that. So in the moment, exactly what you said, game moves fast. Yep. Game moves fast. Yeah. So the, the stuff that you can do with like just a radar ping for me is like it, the, when I, the moment I started realizing it was that I think I, I always Lunars, he doesn't play the, ma- the game much anymore, but he's like my like model player. Like he's like the best in the game to me. Like I love his play style i love like the the style in which he plays and how he plays is just like like yep. I, I just look he's up to so that. intentional on the most micro level it is crazy it's crazy yeah. i agree so like something that he does and not limited to him there's like a very lots of good players that are very good at playing their space is they do something that they're very good at like playing at the edge of their radar and the edge of the inner part of the radar so that it gives the illusion that they're aggressing on a target to draw them out yes. but they're actually waiting yes right at the edge where they might as well be on like the outer perimeter of the radar like the the, the outer part which is like quite far and something I realized that smoke lets me do, it's like smoke, the smoke lets me like just fake that I'm like so much closer than I am to people. And it lets me completely mm-hmm. kill their depth, uh, depth perception. So like if I put something like super, I like smoke really close and I'm sitting like a little further back or whatever, like their depth perception is killed. If someone puts a barricade up, I can smoke like even the ceiling on top of them. And it's almost like killing their radar in that way or their, their depth perception. Like, you know, in terms of, like, uh, awareness on the radar. Um, I can do things like, this is limited to invis, of course, but, like, there's times where I put a smoke further behind me and I'm the one baiting my smoke and and playing close. So it's like I'm always, I can, it gives me so much range to play with, to play with, like, uh, distance and, like, blinding people's, like, expectations Mm. of, like, where, how far I am playing. 
And then that's something that I'm excited to like hopefully be able to do with this decoy because you can do something similar, right? Like I can do things like, you know, put a decoy up front, grapple really quickly, get out like and create a gap. Or like, what if I were to like, I don't know, decoy far and like grapple in, let go of it. So I'm just kind of hurling through the air at a little faster rate than they can expect. I don't know. Th- that's kind of stuff that I'm like thinking of. So like, I, I think that could be a, I think that could be really interesting. Just again, being able to have that ability on another class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like even like back in the days with like Void 3.0 came out. I uh, I think that no doubt in my mind Invis was way too strong, but I was uh I was having a really <laughs> really fun time with uh yeah, I I don't know. I I was a little little arrogant at this time because it felt really funny that a lot of people would just like kind of hold forward with Invis and I I developed this kind of weird meta gaming where I would start by like just Invis lurking somewhere. And then, like, putting a smoke there because they th- think I'm going to be there to, like, then I would, like, they know it's a smoke. So I would show them the smoke or, like, put it somewhere where I know they could see it. <laughs> they leave it there. I'd wait three seconds and just walk out on the smoke because they think it's a smoke. And I've shown them it's a smoke. <laughs> and it was really funny. So I'm, I'm, I'm really amped to, to see what kind of, like, really silly mind games you can do with this that are, like, funny. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, this, this is too much. This is too much. This is crazy. Why? Why are you giving these people these ideas, bro? <laughs> I, look, man, I'm just trying to get it. I'm just trying to get into a simple gunfight. You giving these people all these ideas, bro? Oh, cool. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, okay. So I was gonna say this yep. um, before we get on to the next question. Yes. Yeah, so I guess a, a very simple uh, example, and then I'll ask you a quick question, and we'll we'll keep it moving. Because, uh, like I said, with Lego, it's the same sort of thing. You guys always give me new ideas on the fly yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever you're you're discussing something. Yeah, most definitely. Is a simple concept would be just if you get weak, right? You turn a corner, and I don't know, eight times out of ten, probably uh, maybe less in this meta. It gets really weird in this passive meta. But say eight eight times out of ten, people are gonna push that advantage, right? Because you're weak and you're on a hunter, and maybe you don't have worm husk on. Um, you end up dodging on that corner. And you end up leaving the decoy. <laughs> yeah. You end up leaving the decoy. And so if folks don't know, the additional benefit of that decoy is you do enough damage to it and it explodes and it releases threadlings. Right? It's a it's a crazy troll. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a it crazy like troll. That's why we're all like super excited yeah. about it. And so um, that obviously provides like an opening. You know, people have to be careful that it could be a decoy. So so that's that's an example right there. Simple example. Everybody can kind of perceive with regards to uh, this this new aspect on Hunter Strand. But I do wonder, man, they reworked a bunch of different exotics. What are we doing with Bombardiers, bro? <laughs> what are we doing with Bombardiers? People have been asking me about Bombardiers this has so much potential, man. It has so much potential. The reason why I first uh, jumped on to Bombardiers was I was testing. I was like, man, if I can utilize Bombardiers, um, Bombardiers are hunter exotic uh, that when you dodge ends up leaving this very whimsical bomb it's behind like a bomb from that Metroid, explodes. If you've ever played that. Yes, exactly. And then it, it just woo, it makes this like whimsical sound woo, um, and explodes. And the effect is an effect that is uh, relative or, you know, whatever effect is associated with that particular elemental affinities. For, so for stasis, it leaves a slow effect, it leaves a slow effect. So I was like, man, if I can utilize bombardiers to dodge 
and slow my enemy, that means I don't have to use Winter's Shroud on Stasis, which does the same thing, basically, practically, does the same thing. It slows targets within the radius of your dodge, and therefore, I can end up equipping Shatter Dive and Touch of Winter, for example, to enhance my dust fields. And so I can get the best of all those worlds, of all three of those aspects. So that was my thought. But Bombardiers are weird because there's just not enough... It's a it's a sloppy exotic now, and that's not it, maybe sloppy is not the word. It's just a um, an exotic that's been like just outdated is the word I should say actually because it's not sloppy. It's just outdated simply because of the fact that it hasn't been reworked for so long that it doesn't exactly line up and synergize with the subclasses. So for stasis, for example, people can number one easily get out of that bombardier uh, bomb if they've got good enough movement. And these days with the movement upgrades that we have. People have that movement oftentimes, so you don't even end up slowing them. They don't actually end up, you know, catching that bomb um, within that radius. And then with uh, stasis, even with uh, Winter Shroud equipped, you end up slowing them, and then the bomb finally goes off, and maybe it slows them, and it provides some, like, slow stacks. It'd be nice if, I don't know, you know, it just, the bomb exploded a little bit faster, or maybe there was a slightly larger radius, but either way, it just added more slow stacks, like, on top of it, and maybe you might end up getting almost to freeze, especially if you end up giving them like one shuriken and we're about to get shurikens buffed. My point behind all of this is I do wonder what that bombardier bomb, do we know what actual interaction, does it have an interaction yeah, with Strand? Yeah, I think it severs. It, I believe it severs. It severs? Yep. Interesting. <laughs> it's going to be a troll, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing <laughs> is, like, to think about to that, it. like, with, the new, with this new decoy, is that there, there seems to be, like, a lot of, I, I really think that and I think I think Eric said this on the podcast that like they're really happy with where Strand landed. I'm really happy with like the release of Strand, and because right now it just feels like it completely. feels like it has, it's a subclass and nothing feels like overtly oppressive on, yet it all feels valuable and it has a massive mm-hmm. toolbox. So what I was mm-hmm. thinking with this, you know, when you think of bombardiers, like you, I I don't think I'm gonna build it in this way, but it has been, like that decoy. You're right, like does have the potential to be used not even as a decoy, but as a defensive maneuver, like a, a super mm. defensive. Like, hey, I'm weak. They're gonna push me again. You can literally leave that like as they're pushing you in transition to run into it and like deal with it and like the little things that it makes. And then if you bombardier, it kind of doubles down on the on the defensive functionality of it. There's a lot of ways mm. that I think it like it looks like you can play it. So that's a pretty interesting yeah and i'll just say it again you know with so many of exotics getting reworked um next season or whatnot and like i said i don't like i probably a, a poor choice of words to say a sloppy exotic it's just one that's outdated so i apologize for that definitely not trying to get on any devs bad side but yeah i would hope that bombardiers um gets reworked in the near future in uh kind of like a similar way that they've continued to update chromatic fire which chromatic fire you know its exotic perk is dependent of course upon the elemental affinity um of the subclass of the user so really interesting stuff and i I look forward to that because i've thought about bombardiers um a lot and of course like i said they're uh, reworking a bunch of exotics so it sounds like it's just kind of in tow all right 
Next question. Next question. This is a good one. So Bungie is putting a lot of dev time into evolving our weapon reticles to convey more useful information in a non-intrusive and uh, in a way where it takes into account, um, you can take it into account during engagements, but it doesn't detract our attention necessary to effectively engage. So in examples include rebuilding reticles to scale visual elements like auto aim and accuracy with field of view, um, charge meters for fusions and swords, custom exotic weapon reticles to denote active exotic perks and reticles that change color when enemies are within that weapon's engagement range. Question is, what other information do you think would be useful to include in reticle depiction? Uh, the same sort of information a player could take into account almost subconsciously while not also cluttering the UI. I'm not sure like what they could do more than that. And I think that there's a line that they have to be careful that they're walking because you risk, again, like in the question set, like over cluttering the UI and over like over cluttering the reticles, which is not something I'd like. But I will say this much. I think that information in reticles is pretty important. I think there's a good mm. amount of information, honestly, at the moment, like I think of hand cannons and this has been since like, I think the release of D2. If you'd like notice when you're shooting a hand cannon, even while like ignoring hip fire, like even while ADS it has like the little point, And then there's usually like two little side brackets and those side brackets expand yep. as you shoot. And that tells you your accuracy cone. Like, that tries to tell you, like, mm -hmm. the level of your accuracy cone and, like, uh, you know, you do what you will with that. So I, I think that kind of stuff is really important. But I, I think that, again, it's it's uh, it's a fine line to walk because, you know, when you start cluttering too much, then it becomes, like, annoying or, like, just, like, hard to, to keep track. Reticle information is really important. That is what originally sent me down the whole cone rabbit hole to discover some of uh, really old stuff that Merck had done and some research and theories that he had of how it worked, um, which ended up like mm. almost entirely being true. And it was all based on like those reticles. And I was so intrigued by the difference between, you know, this was a hot topic. <laughs> I mean, it persists to be a hot topic, but back in the day, it was a really hot one because the reticle information on a controller in MK was different. And I wanted to understand why mm. that was. And then I just ended up stumbling into this whole thing and just going so far down this rabbit hole. And, you know, now we have the cone meme. But so I, to, <laughs> to that point, I think that, yeah, it is, it is really important. Even the weapon that I prefer to use now, a big reason I prefer to use, other than my nostalgia and love for Halo... But the reason, a big reason I choose, and you know what, maybe I'm just like being a boomer with this and I'm just used to it as well. But the reason, a big reason I choose to use that, that gun is because that reticle is just like, man, like I, I feel like it's just, to me, it's like almost like the perfect reticle. It's chef's kiss. It's, yeah. Mm. It's like, it's amazing. I, it's, it's a reticle that like, so it's got like the four little lines, the cross hairs, I guess quite literally. Um, and then it has a yeah. circle and that circle is the aim assist cone and the other four make up the accuracy cone so i know like i can just laser in my eyes and like follow and know exactly like when i and like and when i'm properly over my target and like it's so clear because of the full zoom like it's just like no no jank no gimmicks tell me where my aim like you know tell me where my bloom's at <laughs> show me where my aim assist is at like you know the, the, my, my my margin of error to play with and it's just great so again i, I do think that this is like overall a good thing don't know what more gotcha, they can gotcha. add to that, but like, hopefully, just not too much to make it a negative experience. 
Well, I trust them based on what you say with regards to the BXR, you know, BXR being a fairly recent weapon, I guess. I guess it's like a year and a half old or whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, I trust, I trust that work for sure. And um, based on what I've seen, the details behind which particular changes and how they're making changes, that they had a preview as well of some of those reticle changes on the Bungie website. It looked pretty clean. So I have a lot of uh, faith in that team uh, to find that delicate balance. Um, the one thing I got to say is, man, we, we got to, I'm telling you, I, I can't outgun this BXR people. Y'all got to <laughs> stop giving them stuff. You got to stop giving Drew stuff. I make modifiers all the time for labs and I'm about to just, I'm about to just nerf his whole kit because it's getting crazy, man. He be, ju- he be jump scaring me with this invis crazy stuff, man. Like, bro, Oh man, just fight me, man! I'm f- I'm fighting games and games with this dude. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, the, I mean, like I mentioned it earlier, I guess this is a fun time to get into it. The reason I like the BXR as well is mm. to be honest, and the 450 RPM archetype is like it has mm-hmm. a, I think, a steep cost by comparison. Um, but it's a glorified hand cannon. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people like spec range into pulse and stuff like that. I just don't believe in that. I don't. I don't care what my range is. I can have like zero range, and I wouldn't care as long as I can have like what hand cannon ranges like i don't know most of my hand cannons said like 30 to 35 meters which as long as i Mm -hmm. have that i i just don't care like um it's like my bxr work role currently has an optimal range of 35 meters and i think compared to like some pulses in the game or somehow some people spec it like is like nothing because it's it's like hand cannon range the reason i choose the br over that like aside from like you know the crosshair information is that um it just carries its damage fall off better than a hand cannon Right, so like when yeah, I yeah, I was about to say exactly, that. I was about to say when that. I'm yeah. out of, when I'm out of range, I'm like maybe not dealing full damage, but I can still put pressure, and that's I like. Mm. Basically, you're trading off because a 450 RPM pulse is, for all intents and purposes, like just a 450. Or sorry, uh, what's it called? A 140 hand cannon. They have the same TTK mm-hmm. and the same cadence, which I love. Like I absolutely love that, and despite maybe not ever being the favorable meta pulse to me, that just makes sense to my muscle memory, which is why I use it. And then like you are essentially giving up DPS for a li- like more versatility. Is that the word? I don't know. Like uh, yeah, no versatility. Yeah, I, I no, you're right. Would, you're yeah, right. Like yeah. I can. It's it's a it's a use case for a few different situations that a classic pulse maybe wouldn't excel at. Yeah, exactly. And like I, for me, again, I'm just not the type of pulse player that. I, I I talked about it in my in my chat today. Like I used to say a long time ago that I'm like, man, pulses in this game just don't feel like the BR, man. And if they felt like the BR, like I'd use them more, but they just don't. And then they they added the BXR, so I'm like, cool. I don't like, and that, that was that was a source of confusion to me when they like when they nerfed the zoom on it, because I was always thinking, I'm like, dude, why people use this at like, I mean, like I get it, like the range is, like yeah, it's it's supposed to have that, I guess, but I'm like man i just like don't care like <laughs> I, I just I, I was never the one to, i'm never trying to like sit out in narnia with a pulse i'm like i'm trying to be in the action i, that's, I use the hip fire for a reason of course yeah yeah and it's you know like what i love about the bxr and it just kind of becomes even more apparent with you discussing kind of the particulars the nuances of that particular weapon both as a lightweight weapon and its own unique weapon right is that i love it when bungie ends up just doubling down on what a particular weapon or a particular exotic or what it, what it does yep. it doesn't try to do everything you know but yep. what it does it does really really well and it's super crispy if you commit to that that the play style around it right and that's exactly what you're talking about 
you know, you, you end up giving up some of that, that range and some of that impact at range um, that a classic pulse is, is really good at. But what you end up gaining is a weapon that you can be more mobile with. Obviously, it's a lightweight, so you end up... It, it, does it have its own frame? Or it has is it a lightweight? custom frame. It doesn't get the lightweight bonus, but it's like... A, oh, it doesn't get the lightweight no, bonus? I doesn't. didn't know that. Yeah. It, it's uh, the, the hip fire is, The hip fire functionality replaces the, the lightweight. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, at the very least, it has uh, above average, uh, like, handling, yep. you know, similar to um, a lightweight frame. But, uh, but yeah, it, just like you said, you gain some additional versatility to engage. Uh, you can still engage at those early pulse rifle ranges, but uh, you can just get up in somebody's face that has a hand cannon. And, yeah, you said similar TTK, and I can attest to it. It's very, very, very difficult um, to outgun that, especially if people are specking uh, synergistically into you know, the perks, the barrels, et cetera, et cetera. So, yep, I'm definitely with you on that. I guess a small question, I don't want to get too off yeah, yeah. off here, but Battlescar, lightweight frame, 450 RPM, world drop pulse rifle. I ended up picking it up with arrowhead break, accurized rounds, um, or steady or steady rounds, keep away, I have the storm and a stability masterwork. Like, what do we think of... That's pretty perfect to me. It sounds like perfect to me. Gotcha. So, I mean, obviously, we're not talking about a BXR like frame with the hip fire or whatnot, yep. but 99 recoil, I can run and gun with that, right? 76 handling? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. I, like just, I said, just like, double I, I, I kept like it. that frame because you're, it's like you're giving up, like, I guess two things, but you're gaining, you're, you're trading them for versatility. Against a hand, you have the damage profile of a 140, but not the DPS. So you're giving up the ability to play cover as as easily and that that comes up against like some top level players where they'll pixel peek you so perfectly that you like your whole burst won't hit them which is tough um and then like you're giving up like the traditional like range on most i want to say most 450 pulses like at least uh, i don't know how i play them or like what i care about them like you're kind of trading off that crazy range you know almost i want to say borderline scout rifle dueling range um, yeah, and then but what you what you're gaining is you're gaining a familiar like cadence because again it's like the 140 hand cannons, and it's just it, it's just a more versatile weapon. It's like it's not exactly mastering anything I think incredibly, but I find that the 450 pulses in general are just like super just solid versatile feeling weapons, and that's what I want. Like you know the BR obviously is like the I guess the pinnacle of that with like being able to have the hip fire and like it's got some great handling and stuff but uh that's that's like what I want in a weapon for a long time before the BR I, I like to use Mito a lot just because the value proposition of yep. that weapon yep. to me was just like this mm -hmm. weapon does nothing like maybe incredibly lethal anywhere but like yeah. I know that in but it's extremely consistent yeah it's so consistent like I don't have to yeah. worry about a range unless I'm like going like against a sidearm or an SMG which you know like it gives anyone trouble in close range but there's not yep. a range where it feels like my gun can't apply itself and that's what i value most yeah yeah i'm i'm right there with you i'm right there with you i'd love to make the type of comparisons where we're just like man what is that consistent gunner scout rifle of scout rifles well of course it's mita it's mita what's that consistent gunner you know of like it doesn't do anything crazy like you know no time to explain but it's just a it's just a gun vigilance wing Vigilance swing, yep. hands down. You know, what's that gunner of a of a hand cannon? You know what I'm saying? It's dire promise. You know, like whenever I want to go back to the most consistent of the consistent, obviously it's been power crept, so I'm not, you know, speaking on that. But whenever I need to go back to the most consistent of consistent hand cannons with just everything about it is just beautiful. It comes to that tip, 
beautiful model, you know, great stat package. Obviously, it's been stat crept. So I'm just, yeah, you know, I guess let's, it's, let's that's kind that. of like evolved into Rose, but like, yeah, for most, I guess, but yeah. Yes, yeah. And uh, I love thinking about that. Like, what is that consistent, you know, fusion? Right? Was that a consistent of consistent, you know, shotgun? I don't know if we could even say that about shotguns, but nonetheless, <laughs> um, that's always fascinating to me for sure, for sure. So, all right, cool. Um, we'll keep it going or else. <laughs> It'll just turn into just let me and Lego <laughs> get know, off in like three or three hours. Yeah, yeah, we just get we off just all these tangents right and just start talking about room. our love. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's just that common love for the game, man, and PvP. Um, next season, aggressive frame submachine guns will have their base damage reduced, and Immortal, the new SMG that should be in rotation this weekend, actually, for trials, oh, will have its base weekend. range, I, I believe it's this weekend, um, will have its base range reduced by 10 stat points. Do you think this will be enough to bring them in line until, and specifically Immortal in line, until that season 22, so next season is 21, folks, 22 is the season after this coming season, um, do you think that'll be enough to bring them in line until the decoupling of range from the zoom stat and rangefinder perk um, arrive in season 22? Hmm. This is really hard to tell, honestly. Drewski, you're not uh, here. You're not here for that. Everybody, everybody wants a, a like a secure 100% answer from you, bro. Like that's the expectation. Uh, I know. I I, <laughs> I want to say okay. So I I think it's promising. Okay. But I don't think that it's going to be like. This gun's still gonna be like I think like pretty top. I, I think I think it's still gonna be at the top. I think that the way that the damage changes is going to result in is I believe it's four resilience will now be the new TTK shift. Previously that was eight. Mm -hmm. And then three resilience will be the new breakpoint. I'm like kind of estimating here. I it should be logically, but like three resilience should be in and around the points to counter target lock the problem with this it's so this is a lot more accessible which is great because if you're a hunter having to go like turbo fully min max like my gear can barely do this in some cases like yeah 10 7 sure. 8 so like you have to get like 10 mobility seven resilience because you have to hit the seven so you're not getting like obliterated by smgs and eight recovery because it's the best you can do like it's the most min max value like that is like <laughs> Uh, a little a little tough again even for like yeah. i play this game a lot it's, it's tough to hit that so having it more accessible at that break point will be good because the average aggressive smg will be like a 0.75 um optimal ttk uh at four res and then with target lock i believe it's what it currently is at seven but that's where the problem lies it's what it currently is so if you're running seven resilience and you're getting deleted by immortal with target lock that part's not changing so I mean, like, I'm happy that this is happening. I think it will have a good effect, and I can't expect much more, I think, than this at the moment, simply because we have such way bigger changes on the horizon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be around still, and it's going to be strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, the two things uh, that come to mind for me are, um, number one, I have long advocated for small small changes and then seeing how the meta settles. I think that's a more palatable approach. Yeah. Um, you know, I can swallow that better than these sweeping changes that oftentimes have uh, like unintended or you know unknown um, shifts in the sandbox. Um, just because there's just so much, so much, so many factors to keep track of, right? You just, it's just impossible to see how every different element that changes, especially if it's a big change, is going to end up, you know, shifting the tide. 
Um, <clears throat> so that's one. And then two is, um, I'm always concerned about this because what's going to happen, right, is the target locks, especially the God roll target lock rangefinders, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to shift to us, you know, you won't see them as much in like a mid skill bracket, um, certainly not a low skill bracket, right? But you know, those folks that always are making sure, which is rightfully so, rightfully so, this is not a judgment statement, rightfully so, ensuring that they have literally the best, grind their butts off to make sure they have the best um, of a particular weapon, whether it be meta or otherwise, you know, that's going to end up falling to the high experience, high skill uh, tiers. So um, that's probably what I'm most you know, underwhelmed by for next season is I'm probably myself, you, whenever we, you know, step in uh, and face one of those teams, they're still going to have the exact same advantage that they have now uh, with that weapon. So um, mm, one more season <laughs> and hopefully, you know, these, these large uh, sweeping changes with regards to normalizing zoom um, and, uh, you know, pulling rangefinder a little bit closer to other perks in uh, its, its tier. Um, you know, will be beneficial uh, for us as well. And, you know, I've said this as well. The fact that I think it's reasonable that everybody should have the expectation that when Bungie makes these changes to the sandbox, that it first addresses the largest population, which is not us at the top, right? Um, As long as as they come back around to us, hopefully within a, a season or a half a season. DMT was like a great example of that. They Reworked DMT. It was crazy overpowered, you know, on PC, on M and K, um, and within a half season, they ended up addressing that. That's palatable. I can swallow that, you yep. know, because totally understandable, totally understandable, unintended, um, and uh, they came up, came right back around to it very, very quickly, and you know, we were able to get back to it. So, cool. All right, next question. Ooh, this is a good one. I know that you have at once been a connoisseur of the Stasis Hunter exotic, Mask of Bacchus. Next season, it'll grant a 6% bonus to weapon damage in PvP after dodge. Do we know if it will retain the requirement for the weapon buffed to be of arc affinity? Also, Arctic Bear on Twitter wants to know what arc weapon are you looking forward to pairing with it? If so, also, and this is why I provided you with a copy of this so you could keep track yeah. of the questions because it's like multi-layered. Also, will the so there's a part of the exotic perk, um, yeah, the hidden damage bonus against slow targets. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Increased damage to slowed or frozen opponents. Do we know if that's going to be extended to PvP opponents as opposed to what was originally uh, and currently only against PVE combatants? Hmm. Okay. I mean. I think that it will, it does have to stay arc because they didn't say, like, they didn't specify otherwise. So I'm going to assume it's staying arc because at the beginning of the article, they also said, like, things are staying the way they are unless specified otherwise. Okay. Um, Arc weapon that I'm looking forward to. uh, I don't think I have any, like, arc weapon that's, like, immediately on the top of my head. Uh, There's a finite impactor. Like, I don't know. I use some weird weapons. Uh, There's a finite (laughs) impactor that, like, I'm always excited to use with arc stuff. So I'm, like, sure. Um, and Matador, if all else fails, um, the Mecha Sniper is an arc weapon, so I guess I'll take that. And then I guess the elephant in the room is Aikilos SMG to, re- you know, reverse the nerfs. <laughs> um, so I don't know, those are a few, I guess. Uh, and then will the increase, uh, damage to slowed targets? I was under the impression that that currently works in PvP, so I will have to double check that myself. Didn't realize but that. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm pretty terrified of, like, of that. 
Like, I, I already don't think that this needed any sort of a buff or to deal any sort of, like, damage. But, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm <laughs> Y'all heard it. Um, <laughs> before we started, by the way, everybody, like, when I was talking to Drew pre-show, I was just like, you know, Drew, bro, I know... You know, we're we're both a little frustrated with P- frustrated PV. I was talking about it on Twitter today. I'm just like, look, I, I might be a little frustrated, people. My bad. Let me just calm down a little bit. I don't want this to turn into a Tony quick draw situation for folks that were around on Twitter when I was just angsty. So so we you know we try to keep we try to keep that tone. We try to keep that tone. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, you know we it, the weapons team is is talked about previously. Uh, no, um, no free meals, right? Merck and, and Chris um, have, have 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 utilized that phrase, and you know people can allude to to what what I mean by that. It's just uh, somebody tosses up a barricade, and that's just forty five extra hit points, right, for them instantly and the rest of their team. Somebody dodges with uh, Maskabacris, even though Maskabacris is one of the more I would argue that Maskabacris is maybe one of the most powerful exotics in the game, especially for 1v1s. I, I don't know a better 1v1 exotic than Mask of Bacris, by the way. Yep. Um, but on the flip side, it is crazy balanced. Yeah, crazy cool balanced, which is lockout. why... Yeah, exactly, exactly. You cannot get across. You cannot move past that lockout because there's no mod, nothing that you can do. It's just straight up your dodge just not start its cooldown. You know, regen until that 10 is what is it 10 seconds right yep yes crazy crazy balance i can't oh i love it i love it i love it it's the perfect trade-off and so now we're getting kind of like a free meal (laughs) with the six percent weapon bonus uh damage that's good you know there's there's something's going i'd have to literally type in a d2foundry.gg you know cat's website i'd have to type in is arc you know, and and something's gonna pop up there where I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be a problem. Oh, this I know what's popping. The which, high, which one the is the new it? high impact pulse? The Neo Muno one is Arc, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be scary. Oh, the, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's got like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe I'm the only person on this game that uses it like this. But that's got enhanced hit fire grip on it, so I can kind of make it like pseudo BR. But yeah, that that is. Uh, that's probably a pretty probably makes the two burst a lot more consistent, uh, which is a uh, seems pretty strong. Uh, so <laughs> I love I love the way that Drew just said it, which uh, you know, like seems seems kind of strong, but you, yeah, know. you know, you know, seems, seems pretty strong. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the master of the understatement. Cool. Uh, well, that's that's super interesting. Oh, uh, side question. Side question. Yep. Uh, a weapon in your vault. A weapon in your vault that you're excited about in season 22 when the zoom changes come through that gets normalized. So Cammy, Cammy, right? He put it, he put up that post on Twitter where he was just like, "Man, look at this weapon! Look at this weapon! Look at this weapon! I'm excited about these right here." Once the changes come through, what is a weapon in your vault currently right now? Especially if it's something that you know you love and your community um, has seen you use quite a bit in the past, but maybe it got stat crept um, because you know. Uh, you know, power creep um, of, you know, to the degree of something like a pound drone with rangefinder. you know, we all know how that like power crept pretty much like every hand cannon on the board at that time. Um, what hand can, I'm sorry, not what hand cannon, but what weapon in your vault are you most excited about coming back around to that you'll actually be able to use because it'll be viable after these season 22 changes? I'm going to give like a really boring answer and then like a little bit of a better answer. 
Mm. The boring answer is the BR because they're going to change it back to 20 zoom. That's boring. Keep it moving. What's, what's the next yeah, one? Yeah, that, that, that was the one that was like, <laughs> all right, like we, oh, of course it's that, right? This man uh, is in love with this gun. <laughs> I mean, they changed it. Like, they changed, like, I was so like, distraught. I'm like, like, you changed it from like the, it was supposed to match the OG. Like, that's why I had the 20 zoom. It matched the OG from like Halo. So I'm glad that that's returning to normalcy. You know, we can, you know, be happy about that. But uh, I'm really interested <laughs> to a throwback, which is a. I don't know, like, I haven't, like, gone through, like, too many weapons. I've, I've seen some people say uh, Cold Denial, which is, like, a pretty good pick. That's an interesting one. Like, some mm. weapons that are, have, like, a lower zoom, but will inherit a higher base functionality. That seems kind of neat, so, like, Cold Denial would be one of those. Um, but I would say, um, I guess one of those weapons would be, like, depending on what they do with snipers, if snipers are being affected by this, I guess... I'm not sure, but Twilight Oath is a an old favorite of mine that's got oh, 35 zoom. That yeah. uh, that like you know it. I I don't know how they're standardizing or if snipers even fall into this, but that would be like my low zoom pick if that's being scaled in some way. But again, that's I'm not even sure. So yeah. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Did you ever end up picking up? I know for a long time you were farming the curated Twilight Oath. Did you end up picking it up at any point in time? Yep. I, um, yeah, yeah, I did, and then I ended up, uh, I ended up, um, getting a, sun, like a, whatever it's called, post-sunsetting one, uh, that mm. was, uh, like, I would say, like, pretty perfect, like, five out of five, so I was really happy about that. I haven't used it much, or I haven't sniped as much, to be honest, I've, yeah. once upon a time, I loved that sniper, and I, I still do, but the, the mecha sniper now, ever since I started using that somewhat recently, it's just been, like, my love i i love that gotcha. mecha snipers so much now i'm telling you uh destiny does gunplay well man they do they do they make this stuff feel good oh they yeah. make this stuff feel good you know so oh, yeah, the very cool yep they really really are it's crazy all right uh let's see next question um man do i want to do this one right now hold on let me let me just scroll forward for a second <laughs> okay, 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 okay 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 no 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 uh, this is kind of a related one uh okay okay this is uh with what seems to be a focus on arc weapons and the exotic tuning changes arriving next week along with the rise of 120 rpm hand cannons in usage stats do you think uh the previously announced hand new hand cannon next season will finally be the coming of the arc 120 rpm hand cannon hmm i Hmm. I I want to I want to say yes, right? Like I hope. I don't know. Mm. Like it's hard to tell, but like it, we I mean, don't have one, right? We're we're speculating. We're, we don't have one. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, we, we don't, don't have, have one. one. Everybody's like, been asking be for a, it for a while. Yeah, a better time as ever. Like a a, a good yeah. time as ever. You know, for one. So, yeah. yeah. And it kind of looks like Sturm. Like the gun model, it kind of looks yeah. like Sturm, which That's is cool, which is I love uh, that gun yeah. Model. That it's so good and the ornaments for Sturm too that oh, that yeah. weapon is so underrated like seriously oh that's that's a good example that is like the mita of 120 hand cannons by the way yep. everybody like Sturm is literally the mita of the mita the vigilance wing of 120 hand cannons it's just like if you guys but i heard that people are having problems uh getting the catalyst because the catalyst does matter um you get a chunk of range oh, yeah. and damage so but if you guys have the catalyst um like that that gun is a dream especially if you're into 120 hand cannons or even just you know starting to kind of like dip your toes into it a little bit highly recommend you go check it out cool cool um sprucey 11 from twitter says i know lego goes off 
Um, I'm sorry, I know Lego loves offhand strike on fusions because of the changes it manifests in aim assist and accuracy cones. I'd love to hear from Drew which other weapons outside of fusions also benefit greatly from offhand strike perk. Any he would recommend for fun? Honestly, I haven't used this perk enough. I think it's a really cool perk and it's interesting that like it kind of like uh, transforms the weapon into like a hip fire beast um, after mm. you get like a kill, obviously. Um, I think on special weapons it seems to be so potent because it really just like just pushes out like some of their crazy effectiveness. Uh, the one that I've been using mainly is I think it, what is it called? Is it the the Iron Banner one? Is that Joram's Claw? I use it with Kill Clip and Offhand Strike, yes. and it's pretty fun. Yes. It reminds me of like a a mini battler uh, when I get that going. Except it's got the Skulking Wolf perk on it, or or Soros Energy. I, I two like my favorite origin traits. So like I like using it for that. Y'all, I don't think I don't think Drew is allowed to say like I don't think you're allowed to reference the BXR anymore, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'll have to move on to <laughs> Not Forgotten. That's my other like weapon that I can no. just talk about for hours. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Cool. Um, okay, here we go. Let's go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off, get this out of the way. Let's do it. Next season, Stompies. The Hunter Movement Speed Boots, right? They're getting their Jump, Slide, and Sprint Speed Buffs tied exclusively and only to full dodge energy. So players with Stompies equipped next season, like literally next week, will not receive the buffs for jump, slide, and sprint when their dodge is on a cooldown. So the minus 50 AE nerf for wearing them uh, that, that occurred like last year barely put a dent in its usage stats. Is it time for Stompies to be sunset? Does this change a core identity of the Hunter class in PvP? And how will this change the balance between the classes in PvP? Um, I think that as far as Stompies, so I, I kind of like talked about Stompies like a really long time ago. And like, I do think like I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that they needed a nerf. Um, and the reason for that was that I believe that this exotic gave a, it was both a higher floor and a higher ceiling. Um, uh, and it was there was no cost or any sort of uptime related to it. It's absolute uptime. It's always available in every engagement. Um, and again, I think that it took a, a, a worse player and made them a better player and took good players and just made their ceiling that much higher. And like you you take a god player, you know, some of the best in the game, and they just they become that much better, in my opinion. Like I think it just it was just a, a plus on both. Um, so... The thing is, though, with Stompies, you know, a lot of criticism, to me at least, is that a lot of people say, like, oh, well, Wormhusk exists, and, like, Jungeheim Kara Spine, and, like, whatever, name other Hunter Exotic here. The way that I always saw it is that that was not never something that was mutually exclusive to me. A lot of my discontent with the game uh, at the moment happens to just be with a lot of exotic armor right now, mm. and mm -hmm. to me, it's not like, I'm, I'm never gonna... <laughs> I can't in good faith argue like you know nerf stompies with like but young Ahamkara spine is a okay like no that was like that's just not it for me um so I I, I just think that like it was just a, I don't know I just commented on stompies as as I would any other exotic I feel that I felt of course did of course a little too much um I think that the devs provided some really good insight I, I really like the way they phrased it, not the controller part. <laughs> I don't think that part needed to be there, in my in my opinion, at least. But they said some really, if you if you read past that, they said some really good stuff. Like they want, they focus on trying to make it a tool for entry or escape, not both. And I, I really like that. 
did they deliver on that with a change? Um, I mean, I'm going to always be open-minded and say, let's try it and, and give it a shot. But to me, it feels like the change was like kind of heavy-handed uh, because, yeah, yeah. again, my original argument was like, hey, look at like Dunes and look at Transversus. Mm-hmm. They both get Persistent mm-hmm. Slide and, and, and Sprint Speed, which is Up great. Time. And then Same uptime they, uh, we're talking about. They have this other functionality that is a little bit more niche. It's powerful, but it's not always active. Like there, there's like it's not like always persistently there. Uh, um, so uh, there, there's an oppor- what, what I like to say there's an opportunity cost to it. There, there's there's it isn't always persistently available and and applicable. And Stompies, of course, did because they have it has the jump. Um, and that that's that was the kind of like a foundation of my complaints with it so i thought like maybe a subtle change would be good but now what we have is we have something that it's kind of fallen in the reverse order where it's like now it loses it, it actually just doesn't have as much as the other two mm-hmm. so maybe if like just the jump was tied to it maybe it'd be a little bit better so in that regard i think that it's uh i feel it's a bit heavy-handed and um and then in regards to well I, I you know I, I know they did mention there's more exotic changes coming so we'll have to wait and see but I think compared to some of the other changes that were made while I don't I know some folks really don't like the change and I respect that while I don't like I guess absolutely hate the change I think that um it's hard like in a vacuum I can say okay I don't I don't hate this I don't love it but I don't hate it but like compared to the other changes I see out of exotics, like no backup plans, or I don't know, like uh, Eternal Warrior, or even Bacchus gaining a damage buff, I'm like, I don't feel this is in the same realm, or like the same balance philosophy, or it doesn't feel consistent, is what I'll say. Um, so I don't know, like, as far as like, does it change the core identity of the hunter class? I'm not sure. There's a lot of really high skill players. I, I know you yourself, Tony, and like, you know, a lot of high skill players mentioned that like hunters too slow without it. Their their jump is too slow, and like, I think the game plays really differently in those settings than in like, little like a bit more average games. So like, I'm I'm, I don't know. I can't really comment on that as much. But will it change the identity? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a part of me that's inclined to think that people are still going to use it, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah, the, the the biggest thing for me personally is, man, it's it's like all that. You you alluded to some of it. Some of it you were pretty explicit about. I think it was like very heavy-handed. I think that I agree. It doesn't like the design philosophy. You could tell it's a little off versus um, the other changes that were happening. You could tell that uh you know there was you know something particularly out for stompies you know to take them out maybe you know we could chalk it up to hey we need to shift this meta the usage stats for this exotic have been you know high or number one since nearly day one um and we just want to like you know change things up um i i agree and i've said this uh i think that the well you said one thing, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think that the reasoning was flawed and it kind of stuck out to me a little bit. The fact that they were talking about the jump, but yet, you know, the, 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 the slide and the sprint 
um, weren't as relevant to that argument, especially if you take into account the fact that uh, you got transversives um, that keep that constant uptime for the speed or uh, the sprint and uh, and the slide along with Dooney's as well. And so it kind of throws it out of balance versus other speed boots uh, with that kind of heavy handed um, nerf to it. Um, I've talked I've long talked about the fun of using stompies as well. Um, and how good it made the movements on Hunter feel. Um, you know, Bungie's also talked about, this is something that you didn't mention, but um, you know, I'm sure you've referenced it before and Bungie's referenced it themselves as well. And I'm glad, glad that they acknowledged it when they did, the fact that when they introduced um, airborne effectiveness as a stat, uh, it ended up becoming very jarring right how your weapon performed and the gunplay on the ground versus if you even just hit a pebble <laughs> right if you were standing on stairs sometimes but you know to, to to simplify the example whether you were on the ground or whether you were in the air trying to exercise an engagement um and i feel the same way about the stompies change uh, and that's the reason why i won't use stompies afterwards is i value consistency right both in my movement and my gunplay like most uh, you know, improvement focused, maybe competitive, a little bit more competitive focused players do. Um, and so for me to have those benefits, I already know how it feels to move around on a hunter without stompies. And I know it's going to be jarring. I dodge and I lose all of that. Right. But it's in a pressure situation. Oftentimes we dodge around an enemy. Right. And it's in a pressure situation. We're trying to um, evade and I do see the reasoning behind you can either evade or you can utilize the benefits um, of stompies right um, the way that they are today you can choose one or the other and you have to wait until your dodge uh, cools down in order to use the stompies benefits again after next week but it's just so jarring of a change to the movement it just I, I, I know it's not going to feel good it's not going to feel good and I won't use it because of that um, and also, I don't feel like it'll be the most uh, competitive because of that as well, simply because in the moment you're going to have to account for, you know, some significant movement changes that will likely alter the flow of that engagement. Just think about a very simple example would be, um, I know we've all gotten slide locks sometimes, right? Where you press the slide. Uh, somebody put that video up and, you know, I was talking about it a while before that, but obviously it's, it wasn't like a new concept we a lot of us knew that after like the 10th or 11th slide you'd get slide locked um i don't know if that bug still exists i don't know the origin i don't know you know it's not like i do it all the time to see if it's always consistent um but i've definitely done it in uh private match settings or when i was trying to show it to a friend like you know on savathun's throne world or something like that um where I would slide 11 times and it would consistently slide lock me on the 12th. So we all know how jarring that is when we're in an engagement and we're just like, we land on the ground and then we get slide locked and then a Titan just runs up to us and shotguns us. But, you know, if we would have been able to slide right there, right, if we would have had that movement, um, then we would have slid into them um, earlier and we would have shotgunned them and we would have gotten that movement off uh, correctly. So... I just foresee that, you know, that inconsistency after that dodge is just going to throw me off. I won't be able to use them anymore. And yeah, for me, it's like I, I use them as the be I, I often call them the best invis exotic because ever since invis got changed where you have to pick where you ping the radar, mm -hmm. you have to in order to flank, you need to take advantage of all the time you have off the radar. So mm. the sprint 
combination of the sprint and slide uh, speed changes would like help get you to the fastest point possible to have the most time being off the radar and sliding was actually a really big part of that because like it, again like the momentum and propelling you and like being able to like get the most out of your time is really important so stompies were the best uh now like post change it's like i they're, I, they're like unusable because i have to dodge to get my invis there are some people like cam's like you know what? i'm just gonna use the smoke bomb for my invis and say screw the dodge i'm like okay that's a uh, sure like that's cool, but for me, it's like no. But the smoke bomb is an entirely different dimension of my play. I I need that to like to to decoy people. Like so, yeah. I mean, so for me, you it's get, unusable. You get maximum, you get maximum utility out exactly. of utilizing them both. You know, individually. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like, what this change makes me think of is like way back when, and some people, I'm gonna say most people might not know this. Listen, I know you know this, but way back when, Stompies in year one used to not be as significant forward momentum on better on control jump it used to still provide benefit but wasn't as strong as it is now and yeah yeah um what it used to provide crazy benefit was more for triple jump and then especially high jump high jump used to like send you go crazy yeah Yeah, i remember i remember the sidearm the sidearm like high jumpers man that was that was rough it was funny but like i it was it was crazy because I think that a lot of like top like top 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 tier, tier players at the time that played Hunter would still like use them and I don't know there's a, there's a part of me that feels like I don't know if this is the correct thing or not but in my mind I'm like man like I I feel like even something like that just like kind of reverting them to that state if anything so that it's still consistent it still gives you some benefit but maybe you know not as crazy maybe that would be it I'm not sure I don't know but it's something I often think yeah. about. Fair enough. I guess we'll see what ends up happening with them. You know, uh, there's always a chance. I mean, this is a another rework. Uh, obviously, it was a smaller quote unquote rework before, just given it that minus 50 AE. Um, pretty significant change in you know the initial um, airborne effectiveness uh, meta. But um, yeah, I mean, there's always a chance that they could just rework it later on to to you know yeah not make it as much of a uh, a jarring or heavy handed nerf. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, all right. Um, I've long said, and I've admired how accessible, speaking of movement, and abundant the movement tech is in Destiny 2 versus other PvP games. Uh, Most folks can see it and understand how to incorporate it into their own gameplay loop, even if there is practice to be done to become proficient with it. Where do you see the movement skill gap in Destiny 2 falling, where it would remain accessible to the overwhelming majority of PvP population across all skill gaps? relatively speaking, um, while not becoming a detriment to lower skill levels, yet continuing to provide rewarding ceiling, a rewarding ceiling for higher skill players. Are we there yet? Do we need more movement or less? Hmm. This is a tough question. Um, I think movement in Destiny is one of the many things that they do really well at making feel really good and really fun. I'm honestly like (laughs) I think most people can pick this out about me I'm not one of the movement people like I'm like I'm not a movement person I think destiny has definitely made me appreciate it more but I'm like not like a super movement gamer in like in FPS games I'm very like Halo is Halo is a game with like it's like like the OG Halo games you walk right like it's like there's Mm -hmm. no it's just like you know you walk and shoot there's no real like you know movement at all pretty much um 
so I and like even in I, I like old COD games where like I don't know Black Ops 2 was like my favorite where you know a lot of it's just like kind of like the extent of it was just I guess uh, drop shotting if that or like you know jump shotting so I, I like I me personally I, I like minimal movement but I, I think that there there's there's definitely a skill to it um, I think there's definitely something that's like rewarding about it and that feels really good about it um, I'm not sure how that plays across different skill levels, um, but I think that it is a part of Destiny 2. My attitude on it with Destiny 2 is, like, I think that for as many... I think that it should persist to exist, because it is... It's just... It's really fun. Like, you look at Shran, like, Shran's a class to me that is in part fun, because I've never been a grapple person. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. like, a... I'm not into grapples in games. I don't really get it. I'm not a whole, like, you know, cracked movement person. It's just not me. But, like, using it, I'm like, man, this, like, this feels good. Like, they just know how to make things feel really, they really, really do. good and fun. They like really do. Like, again, I'm not a movement person. Okay, Destiny turned me on to a little bit of that. You know, I'm not a grapple person. Okay, Destiny, you know, like, made, made me feel, like, really good at, like about using it. So, I love that they can do that, and I think that they continue should continue to, like, obviously embrace that. And, I, I again, I'm not sure how that translates. I'm sure it's difficult to balance for move, uh, different skill levels. Blink is another one that came up on the podcast that, like, mm. I, like, adore that movement. Um, and, like, uh, again, I'm sure it's not easy to balance for different skill levels. Um, but I definitely think it's a skill thing that, like, like different players can, like, learn and see what they gravitate towards. Now, for me, I think that what I feel about movement is movement's a fine line because sometimes if you put too much into movement, it devalues positioning. And yeah, it means yeah. that, like, like when, you, when you can escape too easily or, like, when you can engage, or sorry, engage too quickly, things can become unreadable. And things can, like, and it can just devalue positioning. So I think there's a yeah. really fine line there. And for me, like, I'm always been like, just like, you know, I'm I'm a positioning guy, you know, team shot guy, like, you know, old Halo boomer stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 getting to that age. You know, I'm I'm all I do is run around with my gun from like ten years ago. So like, you know, I guess we're there. But uh, <laughs> you know, like, for, for, seriously though, for me, well, that's why I gravitate towards. I think like. The abilities that I'm like, but that that allow like takes. How do I say this? I think Destiny naturally gravitates towards that kind of movement. It shows you and like leads you to engagements, and you yes. want to convert on them, right? And you want yes. to find ways to be lethal and to convert on those engagements quickly, and and like kind of like um, what's the word? Uh, not steamroll, but like snowball. You want to like really snowball with it, um. And I, I think that's naturally what the game lends to, and it's it, it could be very fast when that happens. I think that I like that, and I'm okay. Like I, I I think it's great that that exists. And for me, like I'm I'm I think the the antithesis, I guess, to that is abilities that make that like common. I guess. Uh, that want, I don't know, that, that, that desire to, like, you know, engage and, and convert on engagements and, like, be really fast and, like, hit yeah, hard. Yeah, in, that incentivize it, that incentivize it. Yeah, like, I, I think for me, it's, like, I, I like the abilities that, like, 
that kind of like I, I don't I wouldn't want that to be nerfed in of itself and instead have more tools that tell that give me the opportunity to make people second guess that like I talk about the smoke bomb the decoy um, stasis in a little bit I mean definitely not stasis on launch but slow it, like the like hunter shurikens are, are kind of like a way to do that I like that destiny can go so crazy on different ends of the spectrum as tools to use for what you gravitate towards so again i don't know how that plays out with skill levels uh, i don't envy the job of having to balance it for that but i think that i would rather have that exist but have tools at both ends of the spectrum that create depth as a result like no, like you have to respect both type of a thing and players on one end of the spectrum have to respect players on the other end or like playing in that way and i think that creates some really interesting dynamics so that's my opinion on that i guess jesus man that was like the best answer yet bro (laughs) (laughs) i I, I have my video up everybody and i'm just sitting here and i I never stop shaking my head like yes you know what i'm saying like i'm just just, okay yeah oh man you right oh man that's a great way to put that Oh boy. Okay. I All right. I don't it. think we can really expand on anything more than that, man. That was great. That was great. Thank yeah. You. Um it's all about that balance, right? Um so much of what you said is an identity of Destiny 2. I I always personally feel like um there should be a slight imbalance in the just only slight imbalance in favor of aggression. Um because when we see too much uh heal nades, overshields, you know, free for you know an instant for the entire team and stuff like that it just gets a little too um in favor of passivity and you know maybe that's paired with uh some of the evasive movement that we have and maybe some of that's slowly coming back in line with the changes to uh shoulder charge um you know maybe you know with some of these small buffs to some of our roaming supers maybe that'll be helpful i I know it's a balance i know it's a balance i don't envy just like you said i don't envy the job of uh, devs to find that balance. I do agree that there should be tools uh, for these different play styles. I always say it, Destiny's for everyone. I hope that's always the case. Um, and that includes folks that play a little slower and more intentional. That's There's nothing uh, wrong with that play style. There's nothing less valid about that play style. Or, I mean, it can be just as effective when tools are in place that allow you to double down on a play style that you enjoy. Um, And so, yeah, um, I I don't envy the job of folks that have to uh, balance those two um, to ensure that, uh, you know, metas don't snowball um, one way or the other, right? And uh, so that it can be rewarding for the largest, uh, largest group of people. Interesting. Cool. I mean, you know, I just said all that, everybody, but Drew just said it better like about five minutes ago. So we chilling. All right. Next. Oh, uh, no backup plans. The Titan Gauntlet Exotic is getting reworked next season, yielding increased shotgun damage when players have a void overshield, while shotgun final blows end up refreshing that overshield. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of, a, do you think Sheik? Do you think Sheik? Uh, will use any other exotic than no backup plans. And is this the resurgence of the Destiny Fun Police? Also, will this incentivize Titan players as a whole to return to their unabashed uh, W key warrior ways? That exotic change really scares me. Like that one. It's crazy. It's. Yo, Sheik is eating. uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) I, I, 
I almost want to say there's a part of me that's going to be like a little disappointed if I see him using anything but that. Like, this has got to be his time, right? This is, this is like, this, this is, is this it. This is him. Yeah, this, this is, is it. Him. Like, yeah, like, th- this is this is the one, right? So, I know like Anteus words are a little crazy, but like, I mean, this one, like, who cares about Anteus? Like, he's got to use this. He's got um, to. He's got to. Yeah, th- this change, though, it's like, I, I, hmm. I was wondering, like, I need to understand this about this exotic. If I have a void overshield from any source, is my shotgun just now doing more damage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, uh, Drewski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to see how much more damage, but, like, <laughs> then putting up a Bastion Barricade, or, like, you know, you can use, like, Echo of Vigilance, like, you, you stack all the sources. Yeah, I'm about then, to like, mention that in a second. Crazy, like, dude, like, yeah, I mean, like, uh, in all, like, I, I, it sounds crazy, surely. Um, and I, we're gonna have to see how much more shotgun damage it really is in PvP, because, like, for all we know, it could, hey, maybe it could be, like, pretty mystical, or, like, you know, and, and not be, like, you know, that crazy of a damage buff. I don't know if I remember, if I remember correctly, they said it wasn't gonna stack with, I'd have to, I'd have to, I'm going to double check here. I can do yeah. it while I'm saying this. Um, I think they said that it wasn't going to stack with surge mods because it was going to end up being, hold on, let me just see. It was going to end up being more. Hold on, let me just double check. Maybe that was another one then. Uh, while oh, are they Boya, applying that to this? The, the, they have like this whole like, consistent methodology of like in the recent change, which is actually like a good part of the new changes, like 6% agree. damage buff, which is higher than 3 surges but won't stack with three surges as a result that's right yeah so actually that that's was Bakris, by the way people that was that was Bakris. they didn't mention how much that additional like damage uh buff is going to be for no backup plans but honestly i suspect that it probably would be in line i hope it would so. probably be in line with Bakris. I, I would i would hope so too because they're doing a really really good job just like you said um and a really consistent job of trying to uh, normalize that across the board um you know outside of i gotta say this outside of of the absolute massacre that they did to my boy path of burning steps what are we doing what are we <laughs> doing ain't nobody using that ain't nobody using that but me bro why <laughs> did you just massacre my boy like that i was two tapping with rampage times one again but i had to like build into that a little bit hit my shots and it was luck because you know there's only a chance that it could activate off of the first kill you know and then increasingly those chances go up uh between the second and third kill now yeah, boy you know I, I i'm glad i guess that we ended up getting the balancing act that so one of the functionalities of path of burning steps it's a uh, titan exotic for folks that don't uh, realize it Um, it's a titan exotic whereby if you get a kill via any solar source that means a weapon or your abilities um, it has a chance of activating um, tiered buffs I think it's Firewalker is the name of the buff it's Firewalker I think it might go up to four or five which is crazy i I guess I'm in gunfights, so I don't really notice what mine is going up to. <laughs> but if I'm using a 120 hand cannon with Rampage, Rampage currently stacks with that Firewalker buff. And therefore, I end up uh, being able to two-tap. I've talked about this before, this Firewalker build, actually a while back on a few uh, a few episodes back. Um, I can uh, end up two-tapping again with a 120 like I was able to do during uh, 120 meta um, back in the day um, at Rampage times one. 
So you, you end up taking out the first person with a three tap and then you're two tapping, uh, ideally, ideally. Um, if you didn't end up getting Firewalker on the first kill, as long as you're alive and didn't die, you end up getting another kill, another final blow uh, from another solar source, either your hand cannon or your you know solar weapon. I see a lot of people using it with Vex Mythoclast as well. Um, then you get an, again, escalating chance of that Firewalker buff activating. Um, and then, you know, you just, you're just, you're just going zoomy with it. So, um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed uh, with that. The fact that it was kind of bringing the highs down because that was a very rewarding um, gameplay loop. But, uh, but in general, I am just like, just like you said, I'm, I'm happy that they're bringing some consistency to our damage buffs and what stacks and what doesn't stack. Um, uh, I, I feel like, oh, man, the mod system and these changes as a whole kind of got slammed and I didn't think it deserved it. People were talking about, man, the mod system is refreshing, but it doesn't have the depth of the, you know, charge with light, um, you know, war mine cells, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like, well, of course, I mean, that's like stacked on stacked on stack systems that we got each year for the last yeah. several years that, right. you know, it's just like, this is a 1.0 mod system and it's the same with this right here. Um, but Based on you know doing this show with Lego, we're always talking about what stacks, what doesn't stack, what's an empowering buff, what's a you know debuff, how those end up playing together. It's 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 really interesting. There's more depth. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's more depth to it than uh, than folks um, than folks think. But uh, but yeah, interesting. Uh, and I do hope <laughs> I do hope that at the very least that will this will incentivize our our titans to uh to return to their w key warrior ways i'm not saying push into me on some dumb stuff people i'm just saying please stop putting up your barricades with overshields and dancing behind it just to annoy me <laughs> I, i'd like to i'd like to get into this fight now please <laughs> yeah i'm really i'm really interested to see I, I really do hope it's like something a little bit more subtle like i think six percent is like definitely a much more tempered damage buff than we've seen in the past for a lot of things so i think mm. that if this is like a six percent boost as well that'd probably be pretty okay i mean there's something to be said about the fact that like you're getting an increased damage buff while having an overshield which means the differential of like health in total between what you're dealing to them versus like you already have more health and you're dealing more damage that differential grows uh, larger yeah so like that would be my biggest concern with this exotic which is like what I don't like about it, but like I said, maybe uh, again, maybe there will be a little bit more risk than not in you know people having to you try and commit that, to their Drew. shotgun. We'll, we'll you, see. You, you say that, Drew, but I'm about to break it down for you. <laughs> yeah. So you said, "Hey, I was I'm, I'm concerned, Tony. I'm concerned. I'm gonna turn that concern into a red flag, bro." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so two things. Uh, the first thing is kind of a preface. Uh, I believe I'm not sure about this. Maybe you can um, elaborate on it if you know you know something more conclusive. But I believe that Echo of Vigilance, the fragment that ends up giving you um, an overshield on final blows if your shields are broken previous to that final blow. Um, Brand new fragment I, I, for Void 3.0. I believe it dropped this season at the beginning of the season. I believe that stacks with the overshield that you end up getting from uh, OEM, from One-Eyed Mask on Titan as well, which activates upon a similar a similar um, condition. Um, and so yep. I'm wondering whether no backup plans 
the overshield from no backup plans, because it's an exotic similar to OEM, is going to end up stacking with Echo Vigilance. So I'm going to break this down. So I just wanted to mention that the overkill synergy, <laughs> the overkill synergy between the no backup plans rework and next season's artifact perks, which I'm going to list all this, I'm going to explain all this, unto the breach and protective breach, along with void 3.0 fragment, uh, Echo Vigilance, that's the overshield fragment, right? Um, artifacts, the artifacts on Titan control demolition, um, which uh, I'll explain in a second, but it's a debuff, so I'll just mention that. Um, and Bastion, which is the overshield upon casting of your barricade. Plus, uh, you put me onto this a little bit with Spectral. Mods heavy-handed and better already. Um, again, I'll explain exactly what each of these are in a second. Uh, plus the fact that Titans will be building into 100 strength now because of the change to shoulder charge. So they're, they're yep. explicitly going to be building into that. And they do have the stat spread to do that because they don't have to build into mobility. So they're just going to take some from the grenade and put it into strength as much as possible. Um, so just to break it down, and you guys can see the link here, I tried to list these in an order where you know, hopefully it'll, it'll make sense. Uh, but control demolition, the aspect on Void 3.0 Titan, uh, hitting a target with a Void ability or volatile detonation will make them volatile. So that's debuffing them as well. When they become volatile, they're debuffed. Uh, Bastion is the uh, artifact uh, where casting your barricade generates an overshield for yourself and nearby allies. Uh, the two artifact, uh, the two artifact mods that I referenced earlier, Unto the Breach, which this is the artifact that we're getting next season. So this is an artifact mod that's going to come on that artifact, the seasonal artifact. Unto the Breach is defeating void debuff targets creates a void breach while your void subclass is equipped, right? And I said that controlled demolition, the aspect, um, ends up debuffing targets whenever you use a charged um, melee or any void ability, right? Any void ability. Protective Breach, which is another mod from that same seasonal artifact next season, picking up that Void Breach gives you an overshield or refreshes your existing overshield. <laughs> which overshield at this point? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, you've got the mod Heavy Handed. It drops an orb on melee kill, while better already on the boots ends up healing on orb pickup. <laughs> All this, again, with 100 strength, so folks are going to have that melee, right? Then yep. you've got the Echo of Vigilance, like I said, gives an overshield on final blows if your shields are broken, which is often the case in close quarters. Just for completeness, you have a fifth column artifact uh, next season called Supernova, which describes picking up a void breach, causes your next source of void damage to create a large weakening pulse, Jesus. A weakening pulse. <laughs> so we're talking about maybe retold tail shotgun void or yep. the new Neptune Neptune rapid fire frame shotgun, which is hella slept on because it gets opening shot basso uh, ostinato or even tractor cannon or even tractor cannon. You get all of that and all synergizes. And I don't know, man, it just is it going to be Throwing like 45 hit points too. plus plus 45? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Deva <laughs> Devour yep. off of picking up that orb. <laughs> Yo, she yeah. is eating, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be disgusting. Like, that's definitely going to be definitely going to be nasty. Like, you're going to just be able to like once you once you like, I, I think like kind of like it, it's. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I'm hoping that there's like a little bit like I know like void overshields are what, like 45 health. I don't know if they ever yep, exceed 45. that. But like, I think it's 45 health. 
So I'm hoping that there will be still enough of a delta between like two players dealing damage that like you'll be able to trade out like I'm hoping that there there will be in an ideal scenario enough risk so that if you are trying to run through people with a shotgun repeatedly essentially that like someone can trade out with you and as a result of that like you're not always safe like you'll keep refreshing and be at like peak I guess after every fight hypothetically but if someone can trade out with you enough of the time maybe that will that will temper that or have enough risk who knows that's just what i'd hope for maybe i'll also say this right here right if you choose if you choose to just i probably shouldn't even mention bastion because maybe let's just say that's more of a passive um you know pick as far as the the artifact if you wanted to continue to uh double down on void 3.0 on this push with the shotgun then you would run offensive bulwark maybe so while you have an overshield right from you know no backup plans that means that you have increased melee damage you have increased melee damage um it just it just sounds disgusting <laughs> yep it's gonna be frightening i'm i'm terrified yeah. of that exotic <laughs> cool 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 all right all right all right next up next up next up sheik you eating bro you eating um is there a reworked exotic coming next season that will make you stop egregiously neglecting <laughs> your titan or warlock in pvp <laughs> if so what type of build are you cooking up hmm uh well warlock i recently started playing and i finally have builds on my warlock that i can say that like i feel confident in playing which is the the blink lock i love void warlock with blink with astrocyte it's like everything i wish hunter had on blink but it doesn't so i have to play warlock so now we're chilling there titan i don't know like there's just like uh like i'm i hate to i hate to be that guy i love like striker titan it's like the reason I would play Titan is for the thruster. Like, I know the barricade's so strong, but, like, I was so... For so long, like, I feel like I had a I had a lot of streams where, like, people would always say, like, we need Twilight Garrison back, and I'm like, you know, like, we need the air dodge. And I'm like, yeah, we already have Icarus. Like, what if... But, like, what if Titan's got, like, a thruster pack? Because, so, thruster was a thing in, a, in Halo 5. That was one of, like, the new... Like, the movement options they added... And I, I think on Titan, you can do it in the air, which kind of sucks. But, like, in Halo, you can do it in the air as well. So a lot of people would have, like, it was, like, a five-tap with the with the pistol. And you kind of, like, have these gunfights where, you know, like, you're going through your five-tap. And then you, you, you jump one way and then thrust the other way. And, like, man, I'm like, dude, thruster pack would be so sick. And we, we kind of got that on Titan. So I like to play it with the Magnum or the, the Forerunner. Um, and I, I just love that. But I, I don't do it right now because I'm, A, not, I think good enough with it at this point but also like striker titan just really really strong and you know i'll play it when it's not as not as much like you know when it's the, not the cool <laughs> thing or i don't know the, the strong thing he's he's what he's trying to say is he's a hipster folks exactly hipster, i'll do it you know when fair. it's that's fair when people that's don't fair. hate I'm playing an whatever, man, so i'll, just, yeah, I'll I get feel into it, it you know <laughs> yeah but i, I do I love you. the thruster so i wouldn't say there's any exotics that like i don't know like uh uh, that had me out of my seat like wanting to play those classes but that's what i would play if i did very cool all right um next question the fragile focus perk is getting reworked next season to activate and to, to provide uh the 20 to the range stat 
of a weapon um, until your shields are depleted. And the buff returns once shields are fully regenerated. So that's the buff that's happening next season. Um, especially with the zoom and rangefinder changes coming in season 22, is there one particular weapon you immediately thought of benefiting you with this perk that this perk comes on once the changes arrive? Also, what do you think will be the best range enhancing perk once rangefinder no longer yields additional range? So a range enhancing perk. My 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 guess off the top of my head would still be opening shot, but what do you think? Hmm, yeah, I mean, like, I'm inclined to say opening shot. Like, opening shot's just such a... It's such a consistent, like, good perk. Like, it's got so much value. Like, the accu- the, the fact that, like, the accuracy starts... Um, it starts more accurate, so that also affects the shots that come after it. Because your, starts, your, your first shot is starting at a higher accuracy point, so everything that follows mm. up until a certain point is more accurate. So it, it's suffering from less bloom as quick, which is just insane. And then on top of it, like your first shot's getting more range. Like uh, I think like opening shot is just like to me a no-brainer. I think fragile focus though is like really interesting too. I think that's that might be like like one of the best ones as well, honestly. Um, I I I've always thought this perk was good. Like I I like that perk. I know not everyone loves it. Um, and I, I think it's what, what it's you, good. What you thought, Drew? Oh, fragile focus. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I mean, what, oh, you've been using really, it. Huh? Really, you think you think it's good? You think it's good right now? Yeah, I thought it was like decent. I don't know. You know why? It's because I'm like so biased. Because I'm like when I play invis, half the time I'm getting my first shot anyway. So I'm like, oh, but uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's I'm true. Gonna, I'm getting all the value <laughs> out of this, you know. Like, <laughs> so like, I I don't know. Like, I I always thought that in practice, like, or in theory, the the perk would be good, and I always liked that synergy with invis. I think in practice, it's it probably not amazing. So I'm I'm glad it's getting a buff. Um, yeah, the weapon yeah. that I think of using it on is I have a I have a hero's burden with fragile focus on it, um, that I really really like. So that's uh, and I I always want that SMG to be good, and it just like it just definitely it's isn't right now. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. definitely not. But like, I really want that gun to be good, so I'm hoping that this will help it. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And it's crazy what happened to hero's burden, right? Because still my favorite smg in the game still is the og hero's burden because i have something like 17 zoom on it with whatever sight i have yeah, on it crazy. um it's crazy and i have snapshot and i have kill clip on it that thing goes crazy and i yep. don't even pull it out uh and i need to probably do that more um just because everybody be like what is this gun you're just drilling me with 900 rpm oh man crazy so okay all right I can definitely get down with that uh, with regards to Heroes Burden Fragile Focus as well, because I'm pretty sure I have, uh, you know, I guess once that perk gets reworked next season, once it drops, I, I suppose it might qualify as a god roll just because it's max range with some good stability on it as well yeah. um, from the from the new Heroes Burden. So cool. Uh, next question with what seems to be. Oh, we already answered that. That's fantastic. Um, next question is, did the return of connection-based matchmaking in Guardian games make you feel some sort of way about a return to largely skill-based matchmaking casual play next week? Um, or did it, I mean, and or actually, did it change how you enjoyed PvP as a whole? Um, if so, why? Hmm, I, I think that like, I, I did, I, I have enjoyed it. I, I would be lying if I said it wasn't fun. It definitely, it definitely is fun. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, it's definitely fun for me to be able to just like do 
pretty well or decently well without like I don't know having to like really like dial in or focus up um and also I think for some people I think they definitely enjoy not having or feeling forced to use like immortal or like you know something that's like really 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 competitive uh, because you will run into it more often and I think that yeah I've noticed I don't like I mean immortal is still as strong as ever and I definitely don't notice myself running into it nearly as much so that's that's been something that I enjoy yeah. That being said, though, my stance on SPMM is like I'm. I'm just so indifferent. I'm like I. I really. I really am at the point where it's like. I hope SPM. Firstly, I hope SPMM, as they kind of mentioned on the podcast the other day or last night. I do hope that it's a more of an opportunity for them to identify more problems or like things in different skill brackets. And like be more in touch with that and like and tackle those so i hope that provides them with that opportunity and i and i think it does so i'm, I'm happy about that um but yeah as far as sbmm i i kind of said it in the past that i'm like look at this point um i definitely if 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 i'm playing an sbmm like lobby or whatever and immortals going crazy I'm I'm just at the point where like I don't get mad at the SBMM, I get mad at the immortal, or like I get mad at the balancing. And yeah, like Yeah, I would agree. I, I'm just like to me I, I, I it's it's been a discussion that's gone on for like so long that I'm just at the point where it's like I I'll hang no matter what. I don't mind having to apply myself and like dial in and having like some challenging games. I love the challenge. Like I understand I totally respect that some people want to just like kinda like chill out and hang out. Uh, to me, I I definitely don't turn away from the challenge. The challenge like really helps me zone in and like get into that flow state. So I, I love it. Yeah, same. You know, same. like I, I love that so much. So I, I'm not opposed to SPMM in that way. And like there's there's enjoyment out of that for it. But I enjoy things on the other side too. Of you know, I like, kinda like just relaxing and doing whatever and like, you know, you know, pump stopping a little bit here and there, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, the, way, but, the way the way the way I see it is expressing that skill, expressing yeah. that skill and being, you know, it's just like I, I don't think that people should, um, you know, be ashamed of where they are skill wise, whether it be uh, less experience. I like to say experience because so much of Destiny's skill is really based on how much time you have on the game. Um, and you understand the mechanics and, you know, the build crafting um, and the weapons that you enjoy and that synergize with the play styles that you enjoy as well. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, that, that's the way that I see it is it's just like I don't I don't care about pub stomping per se. I just care about being able to express in that in that similar vein. I just care about being able to in some corner of destiny. Uh, have the experience and the intention that I have behind my playstyle, my build, um, the shots that I take, the shots that I don't take, the positions that I take, um, both individually and a team, um, the intention behind that, I want to see that matter. Um, and I want to see that, you know, matter in a gameplay loop that is rewarding. Um, and so that's the way that I see it. Uh, I could care less whether I go, you know, 24, 24 in some games or, you know, or, or 40 and, and five and, and others. It's, it's more about those individual 
engagements and then the next one after that just like you said that that flow state you know of just challenging yourself because i all i'll always find a challenge for for me personally i don't really sit back whether it be connection based or otherwise you know like i'm nearly always 90 percent um on my gameplay and so for me it's whether whether it's you know less experienced opponents or more experienced opponents uh, what's rewarding to me is, man, that engagement right there, and then immediately getting my shields back and moving on to the next one, choosing a good position, choosing a good engagement distance in order to maximize my effectiveness with my playstyle, my kit, my weapons, and then just moving and moving and moving. And sometimes being in that situation where it's overwhelming and then utilizing all of that stuff that I just said, um, but just faster and, and more accurate. It's it's a concept. I, I I don't know if you know I coined it or not, but accurately aggressive, accurately aggressive, and I tell people all the time that once you get to a certain point, I know you'd agree. Once you get to a certain point in Destiny with the experience and the gunplay and you know your accuracy and stuff like that, it's not really about learning too much more beyond that. It's really just about doing exactly what you're doing, but faster. That's all, you know. Yeah. And if you can do that, once you do that, you'll just be able to play at higher, yeah, exactly, consistently at higher and higher tiers. That's all it is. That's all it is. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely say that I'm grateful for the fun that I've been able to have um, playing a little bit more casually, but, you know, not not so much for me. I don't really play casually so much, um, but definitely a little more casually than I've had in a long time being able to play with a you know, a variety of different viewers, um, with a variety of different weapons. Um, I would have, otherwise would never be able to use in skill-based matchmaking. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely kudos, you know, and thank you to Bungie. I, I hope there will always, you know, be a place where I'm able, I'm able to do so. And the thing that I always say about skill-based matchmaking in particular is I, I'm not like you. I'm kind of indifferent as long as the game works as intended i know that the intention is to have some variety whether it be skill-based matchmaking at the highest level or not the intention is you know i don't think bungie wants the entire lobby to be um sitting back with the most strong like literally you only see like two or three different weapons and two or three different builds i know bungie doesn't intend at that uh, you know at that in casual play at even the highest levels of skill-based matchmaking right so and also connections uh, being a part of that as well, to a degree. Um, those are the things that bother me the most about skill-based matchmaking. It's it's never been about playing the best players or playing uh, players that are at my skill level. I don't care about that. I don't care if it's harder in that sense. Um, I just want to have rewarding gameplay with the integrity that uh, you know Bungie intends, um, and that folks get you know in other skill-based um, you know matchmaking brackets. So um, even if casual play is just completely, they, they can't get that to a way that works best for me at wherever I am in that skill bracket, man, as long as there's somewhere in Destiny that's not a private match. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love playing labs with my folks, love playing labs with my folks, but you know, I'd like to play pubs too. I'd like to get rewards too. I'd like to maybe finally get that God rule crisis inverted. I've been going for, for like a year and some change. Huh. I can't do that in private matches, you yeah. know? Um, so as long as there's some corner for me, I, I don't care if I never touch six V six again, as long as I'm having the time of my life, um, in a mode that, that caters towards improvement focused folks like myself, rewarding gameplay, great maps. Um, um, 
you know in in cop if if that's where it is so yeah yep yeah, for for SPMN, like for me, like uh, I've said, like I'm just I'm indifferent because like I can find enjoyment in in either version of matchmaking, CBMM, SBMM. I I tend to want the challenge more than not, although I understand how that can get, um, that can get really tiring or like th- that can that can have a lot of like fatigue. You can get like you can get tired out pretty quickly with that sometimes. Um, of course. So, like I, I get that too. But for me, like I said, I, I've I said it a long time ago. Whatever gets the most people playing PvP, that's honestly all I give a shit about right One, now. One, you got woo. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> like. I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to like, you know, almost like uh, I don't know, in a weird like virtue signal that or something. I really do mean it. Like I think that Destiny to PvP is really fun. I hope people find more enjoyment with it, and I just want. You know, I I love for more people to play PvP, and the more enjoyment people get out of PvP, hopefully, you know, there's more support that can come with that too. So I just exactly. really care whatever whatever gets people playing PvP. Cool. I'm I'm just along for the ride at this point, <laughs> and that's really yeah. how I feel about it. Um, I, yeah. I I am a little bit more, I am empathetic towards the SBMM bit. I I do, uh, well, something that like put it into perspective for me was that. I do remember and recall, you know, being a more inexperienced player and, like, you know, getting completely dunked on, whether it be in, like, you know, matchmaking, you know, way back when, or, like, by my friends. And I, I remember how that did, for me, that did drive me to want to improve and be like, I want to be like them. I want, I want to be better than them. Um, but I do think that, you know, ga- games definitely have changed a long time since then. There's a lot of different people that play games for different reasons. But yep. also, like, I think that... Um, I think the one thing was that, you know, I, someone once gave me kind of like a metaphor and like I, I kind of thought about this a lot of like, you know, you go to your, you know, community, you know, let's say like, you know, basketball court and, you know, you're going to you, you want to play and then LeBron's just there fucking ready. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> and, you know, I, I empathize with that. I feel like that that's a that's a reality for sometimes like players like I, I don't regard myself even as like the, I'm, I'm far from the best in this game. You know, like, but even I, I think for some players, like, you know, loading into lobby with me, they they might. I've had people tell me, you know, they feel like, you know, like that's that kind of, that kind of pressure, and I'm like, you know, I, I and and I, I empathize with that. Like, not I'm not trying to say I'm LeBron, like fucking no shot. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's this, a skill disparity, and there's something called the zone yeah. of proximal. What is it? Can't mention it to me. Zone of proximal development. Or something like that, zone of proximal improvement, zone of proximal development, where you have to be within a certain window or like a certain range of skill to really mm-hmm. like have discern. A, yeah, to, to like have enough mm-hmm. there that like you feel like it's possible, so you're challenged and you enter that flow state, but at the same time you will you know, you might likely lose if let's say if they're better than you but it's digestible enough that you're not getting completely like destroyed so yep. that you can see minute impro- like you can discern like minute improvements for your gameplay or things to improve on like it like you know so i empathize with all that uh, i really i mm. really really do and that's something that i think a long time ago i just never really understood so that's one thing i will say on the opposite end though i do think that like you know good players are always going to exist you know good and great players will always exist and I don't yeah. think that, like, you're, I don't think, uh, I know that not uh, some folks, this is a really bad way of saying this, I think, but I don't, for lack of a better term, like, you can't, like, incubate good players at the same time or, like, you know, separate them. 
at the same time. So I think it goes both ways, right? Yeah. Well, I just think I just I think I agree with all that. First of all, second of all, Cammy, like, bro, I'm gonna need you to chill. Like, go to sleep, get some rest. You don't need to be like reading journal papers and stuff about this like 24 7 like with all these complicated names man <laughs> i know like, he really drops um, some knowledge bombs sometimes i'm like man okay, he, he, really educated, he really does he really dude. does yeah i mean i've been talking about that concept for for a while because that's that's kind of the concept between uh the levels in labs you know the community mm-hmm. scrims i tell people all the time it's just like look if you are a three four is the highest level if you are a three there's a big disparity between most threes and most fours you know you're not going to learn that much so you know a lot of times especially if it's somebody that's like a mid four or like a high four which oftentimes is like a tourney player they're just going to run over that lobby and there's like it's not as if they're trying to most times i have awesome folks in there so nobody's really in there trying to pub stomp or or like uh you know there's no there's no predators in there you know trying to trying to pub stomp um but it's simply simply that they're at a particular level you're not going to be able to discern what you need to do to improve to reach that level or uh to counter what they're doing it's just going to be too far out of your reach um, so completely, completely agree with that. But uh, yeah, I think I completely agree. There's always going to be those strong improvement focused players that are always just trying to hit that ceiling and they won't yep. stop. Um, it's always about moving forward with them um, or it's a moving backwards to a degree, especially as you know, the skill is just going to naturally increase across the population over time as everybody Everybody from D1 that is playing D2, all these mechanics are like old, you know, it's just ingrained. We don't even think about it half the time. My point is, as long as there is an expectation, just like I tell my threes and my fours, you know, look, you can join four lobbies, just have an expectation of what I'm telling you. You know, like you got to be careful because there may be some fours in that lobby where you might not be able to discern. So if you want that pain and you want to take that chance, that's cool. Same thing with, um, you know, pubs and different playlists. As long as I feel like Bungie communicates through the game in particular, because not most people don't read twabs and stuff like that. Um, that expectation that you're going to face those raid bosses sometimes in this particular mode. Right. Um, I completely agree with you that it's it's to to try to incubate every playlist to try to incubate, um, you know, players from facing those raid boss PVP players is kind of just like a futile effort um, that at a certain point is just diminishing returns or just ends up hurting the playlist more than it helps. Um, I think it's just more important for folks that, uh, you know, maybe play the game a little bit more casually to set expectations appropriately about what certain playlists offer them for rewarding gameplay, the type of rewarding gameplay that they want to engage in. Yep. Cool. Let me see. Only a couple more questions. This is this is a good episode. This is a good episode. I hope uh, the questions are, uh, are 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 to your liking as well. I work pretty hard on them. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is this has been fun. A lot of thoughtful discussion. It's been really enjoyable. Awesome. Let me see. Speaking of matchmaking, so we got three more questions. Speaking of matchmaking, how do you anticipate that you will enjoy the new Dominion capture point mode and matchmaking and additional matchmaking changes coming to Trials of Osiris next season? Do you think it will be an improvement over our legacy elimination mode and card based matchmaking system uh, seemingly coming to an end? Uh, that's is this what currently exists. Um, also, do you think we'll see population size benefits um, coming off of this new system versus 
versus what we currently have. Yeah, I'm, I'm overall like pretty excited for the trial stuff. I, I think that like firstly with the Dominion capture point mode, I'm very happy that we're um, it feels like we're evolving in some way. I, I feel like my favorite version of Trials is Zero One, um, and that's not, you know, I, as much as I enjoyed a lot of parts of the weapon meta and ability meta, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about um, the game mode structure. So way back when the way it used to work was like it used to alternate countdown and survival every weekend, and yep. um, it would put countdown and survival, of course, on the maps made for those modes. So you'd never have a map mm-hmm. that wasn't made for the mode. And I think that it played pretty pretty nicely as a result. I would agree. Then trials went away for a really long time. They were improving it, you know. And whether that was the case or not, it went away for a very long time. And then it came back and it was kind of just like what it was in D1. And hey, for some folks, if you're into that, that's, that's great. Uh, for me, I just feel like it's a... Uh, that's that's a lot of years maybe a step backwards yeah i just feel like it's like it's a formula that's like it you know with i think that with how much better players have gotten like dude destiny's been around for a long time now and the average yeah. player skill is a lot different than what it once was you know uh, yep. let's say when the franchise started and I, I think that trials i think needs to evolve and move with that so i i'm i'm very just happy to see that there's some sort of a movement a, a, yeah of, of, of an evolve yeah. and, and you know whether it, they need to do something different with this or whatever hey you know what that can happen but I'm, I'm just happy to see it evolve and i i think that's i think that's a good thing that needed to happen and i think that like i i'm a big fan of objective game modes uh personally i i don't i i didn't like that in trials especially it's just like snipers i mean Snipers are so dominant, especially because they have so much freedom. They have so much space and freedom. And you know, you can argue that like, oh, but like some good players will just still demand like command a lobby. I'm like, fine, like l- let them command a lobby because I'm willing to bet that those players that are that insane with snipes, we're doing it anyways. Like they're they're like yeah. I, I feel like yeah. they're they're that good. And you know what? Like I think the the amount of those players is not nearly the amount that are as good as people that are just able to like freely kind of sit right now in like trials because they have like there's no pressure to move like there's no pressure to like i don't know i just feel like a lot of the time trials like kind of goes to zone anyways you know like it's it's very like you know look for the sniper pick then dive and i i I personally just feel like i I don't love that um so I'm, i'm hoping that this this will alleviate it but regardless i'm really really excited for the capture point stuff as far as the 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 card and like the different pools and stuff like that um I don't know. I kind of I, I don't I don't fully like understand like how it's going to work. Although when I read it on initial glance, I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. And then I was like, oh, all right, like, so <laughs> I, I, I'm not maybe as critical as I should be of that. Um, but I do uh, I do recall how does it work again? I I recall it's something like if you lose X amount of matches, you're in like a practice pool, right? Yeah, I think once the card is broken, I believe you're in the practice pool. Okay. If it seems like you're farming that practice pool, they end up throwing you back into the challenger pool, which is where folks are playing uh, to go flawless. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, that's I, my I, basic understanding of it. Yeah, to me, it's like, it just seems like, yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm kind of glad that, I don't know, uh, This there's not much weight in this opinion right here, but I'm like, I mean, like I, I think this is better than... Uh, 
the flawless pool on like whatever it is on Sunday and like the population is like kind of divided and people have to like are like rolling over into the the flawless pool as time goes by I don't know I don't know if it actually is or not better but again my my thing when I read this was like yeah that sounds good so I'm like to me the highlight was the capture point stuff so I'm like I'm just kind of open to whatever at this point and will we will we see a population size benefit I mean I think that's the goal right I hope I hope yeah, so. I, hope. I don't know if we. I don't know yeah. if we will. And I, I maybe this will make. Um, maybe this will make this feel a little bit more approachable for you know less yeah. experienced players that are trying to get into a little bit of the next tier of like PvP or you know just have a little bit more uh, modes that feel approachable that has some like loot that they want to chase because I know that's important to people. So like, I, I hope so. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Um, you guys are always making me think about this stuff in 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 new ways. Um, there's so much destiny, right? There's so much destiny. I can think deeply on one subject, and then you know, there's so many different changes coming through. Uh, and bless for that, for sure. Kudos to to Bungie. I completely agree. You know, evolution uh, is just important, and we've been asking for changes for a while. I don't think it's I don't think it is the best look for us to uh like nitpick like all like every change basically we ask for changes remember we used to never get any changes <laughs> whatsoever yeah I'm so, really happy to see PVP support of of some kind I'm always very happy exactly about 100% so I guess my point is uh like I was starting to focus a little bit maybe too much on the fact that the practice pool had kind of a like first of all I do wonder if this bug that currently is lobby balancing the absolute living crap out of folks um, that are solo and duo queuing um, in the challenger pool I hope I hope that that bug gets gets resolved by next season because it it's it's like pretty oppressive to try to solo or duo if you are above average uh, to the lighthouse. And I yeah. know there's a lot of solo duo folks out there. Hey, Cam so told me about that, this briefly. I haven't played Trials in a minute, but he, he mentioned this and I was like, hmm. Yeah, that leaves me with pause because the last two tests, the weekends that we've had, that bug existed. And I don't know if we've heard anything from Bungie, any comms on whether that is going to, you know, stay, whether that's still going to be there um, during the first Trials weekend. So that leaves me with a little bit of pause, but... Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to stay optimistic about it. The fact that they actually said it was a bug, right, and that it wasn't a feature. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's that's one side of it. Uh. The other side of it that you kind of made me think a little di- bit more deep. Uh. You know, differently about is, I was just like, you guys said in comms that there wasn't going to be skill based matchmaking in trials. You know, once we abolish the card system, um. But yet, it seems like there is. There's some nitty gritty like nuanced stuff in the practice pool in particular. I feel like um, where there it, there seemed like there was there was some some broad skill based matchmaking. Like if you if you just some broad application of the term of some skill based matchmaking in there. Um, and I think it I think it's don't quote me on it. This is uh, honestly these pools are a little complicated, and I'm always trying to wrap my head a little bit more about them, especially since I don't think I've played any of the two test weekends either. So that's another thing. There hasn't been anything um, map wise or loot wise, which I'm just like, man, I got to get in there. Um, but uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say that the 
you know, perspective that I recognize is I'm just like, well, if the skill-based matchmaking is in the practice pool, I'm not going to be in there anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, don't, I don't think we're going to be in the practice pool, man. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm okay. If there's like, a I'm, all, I'm always going pool, for flawless. Like, cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, like, I literally just thought, I was just like, you know, because that was a, that was a, that's what I mean by, like, trying to not nitpick everything because sometimes I fall into that trap um, yeah. where it's just like, oh, the comm said there's no skill-based matchmaking, but yet it seems like there's skill-based matchmaking even if there's, quote-unquote, loose skill-based matchmaking in the practice pool. But then I think about it and I'm just like, well, okay, I'll give a little bit of grace for the comms. I'm not going to be in the practice pool anyway. Like, why yeah. would I play? I don't need that practice in trials at my skill level, at my experience. Pool. Yeah, so it wouldn't affect me, and therefore it would benefit the folks who are truly trying to get practice, right? Um, and just like you said, it makes the playlist uh, more approachable. So, you know, step back sometimes. Sometimes you got to step back and <laughs> just get that additional perspective. So respect. But I do hope that that, uh, that bug um, gets addressed and we, we get some more information on what's going on with that and um, people will have a more balanced uh, time trying to... Um, you know, get to the lighthouse as a solo, solo or duo in the challenger pool. Yeah. Uh, last couple questions here. Oh, go I, ahead. I forgot to mention one thing about the the mm -hmm. capture point being the main zone now or the main uh, game mode now. I think that there is going to probably be some some uh, some growing pains. I think there's a lot of criticism in Destiny of like objective game modes and how some of the abilities mm. interact with objectives. I think even the size yeah. of the objectives, to be honest, like it's it's very small. The fact that like a bubble can cover an entire objective, or like a grenade mm. or etc., is probably not like super beneficial. Like if the zone was bigger, that helped. But anyways, I think that there this will be a period of growing pains. But mm. I, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm a, a firm believer of that. This needs to happen to give them like insight of like like a new what needs to like, like a new angle yeah, or the next like step in evolution. visibility of how they can balance around this there's no yeah. way that these things will like will change or grow without them gaining the visibility to it so like yeah like yeah. i get it you know what like titan barricades yeah you're 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 right they're probably pretty strong in in objective modes or like i don't know a, a a, I don't know the, a glacier nade covering something, but like, how are like we're I don't I just don't believe for the devs at least as well because they have insights they have a lot of like metrics that they can see mm -hmm. and aside from obviously like community sentiment and what's being pointed at that like they they have these things to look at and with I I think that having capture point as a mode seeing how it influences people's weapon choices, how people gravitate towards, what, what people gravitate towards, how the abilities are actually impacting the control like the control points or objectives. Like, this is going to be like, I, I really do believe this, that this will be a new form of insight for them. And things mm. like Titan Barricade might actually get, you know, a little bit of attention or a certain weapon type or whatever it is, or a super, like Well of Radiance. Whereas, like, otherwise... Who knows? Maybe we would have just like just kept talking about it, but who knows, right? Like I just think that this is a big opportunity. It's gonna pro probably be some growing pains, but I think this is a big opportunity for them to gain some like new perspective on on insight for balancing, and I'm really excited about that. Well, you know, the flip side to growing pains, right, is that right now trials is kind of just very one dimensional, and it can get 
pretty stale, especially on certain maps um, where the maps don't have that uh, that rotational element to them, right? Um, they have that really laney element to it, uh, and so that, yep. that just creates even more like stalemate. Uh, my point is, Growing Pains, the, the silver lining to Growing Pains is the gameplay won't be as stale, it won't be as one-dimensional, and so um, hopefully that'll be a little bit more rewarding for folks um, and uh, balance out the Growing Pains so that we can you know, move forward. You're absolutely right. Um, there's only so much that they can do off of community sentiment. Uh, they do have to have the the metrics behind it um, to, to know exactly how to tune things um, or how things are going to play out. Uh, best way to do that is to switch some things up, especially switching things up to the point where you can bait those metrics, yeah, right? And stress test it. Like, yeah, like I'm sure people yep. are going to go into trials and like really try and like break objective mode and be like, yeah, look, this is what's wrong with it and use all the things yeah. that are going to be awful. And that, that that's like, yeah, it sucks in the moment, but I think that's like, yeah, that, that, that's what they need that's to the see. That's the data. That's the, exactly. Yeah. That's the data. That's what they need to see. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that's, you know, a trap. Um, yeah, I try to be, be really mindful of this stuff, especially when I get frustrated on Twitter and stream yeah. or whatnot. And <laughs> I've been frustrated, us. bro. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to kind of recognize that Bungie is not going to make all these changes based on what I say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like, I can provide that insight, especially in my skill bracket. Right. But I think we all need to kind of recognize the folks that have that community, um, you know, input, um, just need to recognize that they also have to have, you know, other metrics, um, to kind of double down on that stuff to see exactly, Oh, is this actually working? You know, how Tony says, how Drew says, um, is this actually being a detriment to the degree that we need to devote dev time and money towards it? Um, is this a priority versus something else that is in the pipeline that we don't even know about? You know that we're going to celebrate later on right um it may not even be like something like ae it may be something that's just you know, on the flip side that's universally loved um that they're they're prioritizing such as the zoom system right the, the yep. new zoom um normalization and rangefinder being pulled back i'm actually really excited about that because so many more weapons in my vault are going to be viable um and uh, it took it took that modifier that I was talking about in labs because we've been doing a lot of modifiers where I was just like, yo, no 120 hand cannons, no rangefinder. Use whatever else you want, you know what I'm saying, according to the, uh, the rule set. And I was able, uh, those are the most fun that I've had all, like in the last year in, in labs just because I was able to pull out so many different weapons and they were viable because people weren't, you know, didn't have max range palindromes or exalted truths or, um, you know, um, you know, weapons that reached out and touched to the degree that they could challenge that one, one twenty in the lobby and, and stuff like that. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited, especially for season, uh, 22. I think that'll be a, um, a crazy shift, a crazy yep. shift in PVP. And the way that they're doing these changes, that is the hope or the optimism that, that I have. These changes and how they're staggering across these seasons, I do feel like, I mean, we saw, who was it that released that tweet? I think it was Shadow released that tweet where it was just like, clearly, I mean, you guys might not think that PVP is on the up and up, um, you know, with, with how you feel about it, right? Community sentiment about it. But look at these numbers. You know, look at these numbers. And he was just showing the fact that uh, PvP, but also just the population in Destiny, 100%. I mean, not actually 100%, um, but uh, definitely grew. <laughs> definitely grew. Yeah. 
um certainly like this season lightfall like we got a lot of new players um and a lot of people are on the game every day so um the changes that were you know that are coming down the pipeline this next season and then 22 i can see what they're doing they're building on that they're building on that and um you know i'm i'm optimistic i've always said even if destiny ends up being um a game that is not for me uh in the future right um you know it ends up serving the widest group of people that it can and the population continues to grow but maybe it's in that center and, or at the lower end um of 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 new lights um I'll be happy to see it grow, just like you. Population, population, population. Yep. All right, I'm cool. You know, I can take a break and I can I've go been somewhere else if need be. It's just I'm, a game. I'm playing the game at this point. I'm chilling. Yeah, I feel it. <laughs> yep, I feel it. All right, last couple. Do we know anything more about Checkmate? The new Checkmate control playlist previously announced previously announced earlier this year, or when it'll arrive? I don't know, but I'm like I'm super excited for this one. Like I I don't know if it's this season coming up. Or the one after? I I really don't know. I'll I'll be like very, very pleasantly surprised if, if if it's this season that's coming in just a few days. That would be really awesome. But I joked about like man, just like pretending the rest of the game doesn't exist and only playing checkmate, and like just you know reviewing weapons and checkmate. Like you know get a trials weapon and be like oh you know I just take it in checkmate and like pretend the rest of the game doesn't <laughs> exist. I don't know because oh it God. just sounds like I'm like really I'm just so excited for this game mode. I know mm. it, it might not be for everyone, but it seems like, you know, they, they mentioned, like, levers, like, TTK levers, um, the way that, like, yeah, I was like about ability, to read it out, energy. Actually. What's up? And then it, they, actually, they actually did say Season of Defiance, so I'll, oh, I, really? I just pulled it up, actually. Yeah, so oh, it says, great. in Season of Defiance, uh, am I answering my own question? Tony, you could have just read this, I suppose. In Season of Defiance, we're looking at getting Countdown back in uh, along the uh, Countdown Rush. Sorry. Uh, scroll yep. forward, Tony. Okay, we also aim to run a series of Crucible Labs in Season of Defiance, so it's the same, including a mode where the player sandbox is dramatically changed. Weapon damage, ability uptime, and even ammo are all adjusted in a new mode tentatively titled Checkmate Control. This mode will reward players who use their smarts and their skills. So if the only way the enemy has uh, to be able to shut you down in the past is a solo blade barrage, oh man, we feel that, that, that hurt. <laughs> I have to say that they might be in trouble. This isn't all we have planned for the modes, so keep your eyes on labs for more classic and all new modes later this year. So, season of defiance. What is that? Is that is that twenty two? I think. Or is that next? Oh, hold on. I don't is know. That is that 21? next one? Oh man, I'm so Bro, bad at this. Know, I'm man. so bad at the <laughs> Me names. Too. But you know what? <laughs> if we find out it's this one coming up, I'm thrilled because the, I like the you know. They, no, they no, this one's season of the deep. This one's season of the deep. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, it's on Titan. This now. Okay, so I, yeah. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna assume. I'm gonna assume it's it's the next season after that, which which would be nuts, Drew, because we'd get this on top of the Zoom change, bro. Yeah, that, that season's gonna be stuck. crazy. Yeah, that seems stuck. For yeah, sure. and then you know what's happening after that? Because I think we have what one more season after that. But yeah, yeah, before we get the next yearly expansion. Yep. Um, that's the season they talk about revamping the core playlists as well. Oh wow! Yeah. So man, we're we're getting a lot. We're getting a lot. We're getting a lot. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'm kind of feeling it. I'm kind of feeling bit. it. Yeah. Exciting All times. Right. I see it. I see it. But yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for Checkmate with, like, they mentioned, like, different ways to uh, obtain, like, special ammo. I think that was one of the things listed. Um, like, it just, it sounds like it could be really, really dope and really fun. And I, I want to host some, like, you know, or maybe you can, you know, some some Checkmate. <laughs> 
some checkmate uh, private matches. It might be really cool. I, I'm just like, I'm, hey. I'm, very, I'm very hopeful. I'm very, very hopeful for this. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Because it looks like, at least it sounds like a playlist um, that caters towards um, improvement-focused folks like ourselves. Um, but even like you said, it's it it would be just fun just to even go into private matches and just tune a couple things. That, that's something that I would love to see as well. I've said spectator mode in private matches, but also just a few more levers. I understand that we got to be careful about asking for quality dev time be put into private matches over. I mean, I prefer that get put into pubs so that I go play pubs, of course. Yep. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it would be cool, just like you said, to get some additional, like a few additional levers. Um, and for checkmate control, obviously, I mean, I would assume it's going to end up being in private matches and for us to, you know, mess around with some things in there. So excited for it, just like yourself. Um, and uh, we look forward to season of defiance. Uh, all right. Last question. Last question. All right. And this is this is last question worthy um, to kind of like wrap things up. Um, if there was one specific macro change to PVP that would serve it the most at this moment, what would that change be? Oh, man, that's like that's such a hard question. I know. Um, <laughs> the thing that okay, you so I was gonna let you off easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give like my like just the thing that like pops in my head first. And I really think it is more game, like, okay, maybe not more game modes, more competitive game modes. I think that mm. game modes, I really do believe this, I think that game modes have the ability to completely change the way a map is played. And the strategy, like, around it can completely just differ, and it just changes the experience and, like, just the dynamic of a map there was there was an old i guess there's an example like a really kind of basic example that i give and i'm by no means the best halo player in the world i just love the game a lot but there was a game there's a map called the pit in uh, halo 3 and it was really interesting because in capture the flag you wanted to control one end of uh, of uh, one end of it which was called the long haul or like a uh, needles side of the map it was so basically um one polar you think think of like the right side of it the furthest most right side you kind of want to control this right side of it and then in, in slayer so like in clash you'd want to control the complete opposite end of the map which is where these snipers towers were and the reason being is because it was a mix of things like where the flag was and the most optimal spawn route or like flag running route to take the flag through that had the most safety cover the least spawn points the place that would if you were standing there make them spawn the furthest away from their flag so obviously they can't you know try and uh, you know claw back as easily and they have to kind of like go on the overextend um and then versus in, in Slayer, or like what, what was Clash, I guess the equivalent is that you wanted to control these sniper towers and like this one area of the map called the sword and like training area is because it was, um, it, it gave you the best vantage points, um, height advantage, and like allowed you to uh, like kind of trap the enemy team in like the most disadvantageous place to spawn. So just kind of giving an old classic example of how and I think this, you know, I'm not an expert on Black Ops 2, but, like, you know, even from, like, if you're a COD person, like, um, like, game modes, like, I remember, like, man, the difference between, like, let's say hard point on slums and, like, capture the flag on slums with, like, mm. you know, playing, like, cop car spawn trapping versus, like, hill rotations, like, it's just, like, a, a such a different, it, it completely alters maps. So it's just, I think that right now in Destiny, we haven't gotten 
a lot of good core game modes. I think they nail the fun factor in a lot of game modes. I think they do these, like, really cool, like, little, like, uh, spiced up stuff in game modes that's very Destiny, and, you know, that, that's, and I think, I think it's very fun, but I don't think it's, like, what we need right now, and I think what the game's starving for, in my opinion, is just, like, solid core game modes that work. You don't gotta reinvent the wheel. Mm. We just need solid, solid core game modes that work. Just try that mm. tried and true, proven game modes like the classics. Like, you know, maybe there's something hardpoint esque. I'm not sure. Capture the flag, uh, oddball, like stuff like that. Where like you know you 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 score a point and you score. You know that's it. <laughs> it's just like core game modes. Um, I think that the most recent example of this for me was uh, Countdown Rush was really promising because mm. there was no score gimmicks. It was just like you plant the bomb, you get a point. There's no weird comeback mechanic. <laughs> There's not some like weird sudden death round that like, you know, I remember the original sudden death for Rift was like three rifts. I was like, what the heck is this? It's like, I remember <laughs> Side said this to me once. It's like, dude, it's like imagine we were playing hockey and they just decided to add more pucks to the arena. <laughs> like... <laughs> you know like it's fun it's fun don't get me wrong it's got that fun factor but it's like i think yeah, what we yeah. just we got a lot of that in the game right now a lot like a lot of it i think we just need some like some good core stuff fits into a nice comp playlist um i guess you know maybe some comp playlist changes for the ranks who knows maybe i'm asking for too much in terms of because i'm supposed to choose one thing <laughs> i didn't mean that i'm like a slight depth thing it's a slight towards the devs i meant that like i'm supposed to only choose one change here but for me, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the core game modes. I, I really believe that that's like, I would just love to see more core game modes. Yeah, yeah. And I'll double down on that a little bit and say that, uh, like, to kind of flush out or flesh out uh, what you said with regards to how a different game mode ends up changing the dynamic on a particular type of map, right? Maybe maps that have less rotational symmetry, um, something like Disjunction, just to throw that out there, right, would benefit would benefit from uh, just King of the Hill. Introduce King of the Hill. Okay, well, I mean, nobody's nobody's necessarily trying to like push like we're not. I'm not trying to push spawns anymore. You know, like make it so that yeah, uh, King of the Hill spawns. is that objective. Yeah, yeah contro controlling. Out. It's not even like the, a central a central piece of uh, yes you're talking about like a clash or somebody yeah controlling specific spawns or pushing that spawn to flip it etc none of that you know the objective solely is in, like the incentivized objective objective is to control some central feature on the map some central feature on the map say it's like eternity you're you're controlling maybe the area that heavy spawns right or maybe you're controlling beach and it spawns randomly as well and there's gonna be setups maybe that, that come around that right like that there's gonna be different mm -hmm. setups for different points just like you know you, you know mm -hmm. back in like the cod days i'm sure if people are, I'm, I'm sure there's more there's some cod some cod players that are more experienced than me and just like you know kind of talking on history like there, there's gonna be setups and like spots you know that that come up around like different points and stuff like that and i think that that just that can refresh maps. That can like breathe new life into like, maps that we exactly. love already, you know, or or maybe that we don't love, and like maybe we love them more. Exactly, yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly, because because I don't because there's certain maps I just don't even want to play, you know. But 
if it was a map that had that was I mean a game mode that specifically played on that map where like I said it's not a map that has a lot of rotational symmetry such as fortress such as javelin right that has like strong rotational symmetry for example on javelin um, but well well on fortress I'll say fortress javelin you know I could, I could talk about it. I love that map. I could talk about it a little bit, though. It's increasingly become one of those maps where uh, I think it's because of the movement that we have now. You know, people do very effectively, myself included, just just push that spawn. Um, but uh, maps that are big, um, that uh, match the type of movement that we have in the game to the point where I'm not able to traverse that distance and just almost spawn trap it by myself. Um, you know, those maps... Uh, uh, those maps are maybe for like a capture the flag, right? You've got rotational symmetry, therefore the flag can come in from a variety of different situations. You can't just necessarily as a team camp spawn in that um, situation because you've got three or four different ways to enter the spawn and only so many people, especially if we're talking about a competitive mode, right? Where it's three or four V four. Now maybe on those maps like disjunction, you know, King of the Hill would refresh that map. And I, even I might enjoy that at that point, because at that point, the objective is no longer like you're heavily incentivized to control the center of the map. And I'm talking about actually be there, you know? So that means that the entire team or even, you know, just one, I mean, one or two people aren't going to be able to like push a spawn and effectively hold that spawn down on disjunction. It would take like three or four people. But my point is incentivize it so that the overwhelming majority of the team needs to be in the center of the map. It's either they're in, you know, like the middle between their spawn and the point, or um, they're actually, you know, on the point itself to the point where the opposing team doesn't feel like they're trapped in spawn they're moving out they're trying to capture that central point um that central point may move throughout the game um yeah yeah um it'd be interesting you're absolutely right that uh some new game modes that take those sorts of things into account could end up refreshing some of these maps that we currently feel like are uh we're, we're fatigued on um that don't play as well in in something like clash for example right cool drew yo thanks for your time man i yeah, appreciate dude, it dude i mean thank this is fun man. yeah this is this is really fun a lot of a lot of like a lot of thought-provoking questions there's there's definitely not a lot of easy questions so it was uh it was great it was great i had a lot of fun talking about this stuff awesome awesome well you know hopefully we could do it again at some point in time in the future whenever we uh we have some time uh i'm sure that uh, it, this episode right here will probably I'll, I'll probably get some folks like quite a few folks that'll be like man we're gonna have Drewski on again <laughs> I got some questions for him I got hey, some man, questions I'm for honored him. I so, really am thank you yeah man well I appreciate you uh, folks out there that brings us to a close of another show don't forget to like and subscribe for the Destiny Massive uh, for more Destiny Massive breakdowns and be sure to reach out on our social media and in the discord with feedback questions or just to let us know what you enjoyed about this episode remember you can connect to all things DMB at destinymassivebreakdowns.com including podcast versus enemies hosted by Court Impetus and St. Caber and Between Twin Sons a Star Wars podcast hosted by Kit Kutcher and our our very own Mercules. Uh, you'll find our social links and invite to join the conversation in Discord, episodes new and old, the occasional guidepost, and more well-written resources right there. And for that, 
Uh, the name is Ill Physics, aka Tony. If you did not previously know me, you can find me at Ill Physics on most socials, but primarily on Twitter and on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, the Discord is discord.gg slash Ill Physics as well. Come through, hang out with us for labs if you're looking to improve a little bit or just hang out with Drewski because this dude is just there now. He's just there. I do live there. <laughs> I do, in fact, live there now. <laughs> cool. Drew, where can we find you? Like, sign us off, brother. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Drewski's channel, on Twitch, Drewski's, and on Twitter, Drewski's channel. Yeah. Yeah, and and look, yo, I'm telling you, this dude with Strand, when this decoy comes out, man, I'm just going to be watching because this is about to be straight content. Uh, I'll be I'll be in your streams first lurking for when you say labs, and I'll be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> let's come let's out of the woodworks. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, this was episode 298, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks again to Drew, and peace. Peace.